This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Dot com. We'll start things out here tonight with a little bit of good news. From time to time, this hap- stuff happens. Good stuff. And uh, it'll... Regarding the government. There's lots of good right. news in the world. Right. Well, that much is true. Regarding the, uh, the state of freedom, how about that? Okay. Uh, in this particular case, it has to do with the Internet's freedom, which is extra good, because we want to make sure the Internet stays as free as possible, uh, in that if they take away freedom from the internet then that will hinder what it is that people like us are trying to do and that of course is get our message out there and bring people to the message of freedom so let's talk about copa copa the child online protection act okay a federal appeals court this according to the first amendment center Agreed yesterday, and this was actually the 23rd, with a lower court ruling that struck down as unconstitutional a 1998 law intended to protect children from sexual material and other objectionable content on the Internet. The decision by the Third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia is the latest twist in a decade-long battle over the Child Online Protection Act, or COPA. The fight has already reached the Supreme Court and could be headed back there. The law, which has not taken effect, would bar websites from making harmful content available to minors over the Internet. The act was passed in 1998, the year after the Supreme Court ruled that another law intended to protect children from explicit material online, the Communications Decency Act, was unconstitutional in the landmark case Reno v. ACLU. The ACLU challenged the 1998 law on behalf of a coalition of writers, artists, health educators, and the publisher Salon Media Group. Their attorney argued that Congress has been trying to restrict speech on the Internet far more than it can restrict speech in books and magazines. But he said the rules should be the same. I would say there should be no rules. Indeed, COPA would effectively force all websites to provide only family-friendly content because it is not feasible to lock children out of sites that are lawful for adults, said John Morris, the counsel for the Center for Democracy and Technology. In its ruling yesterday in ACLU versus McCasey, the Federal Appeals Court concluded that COPA is unconstitutionally overbroad and vague. The unanimous three-judge panel also ruled that the law violates the First Amendment because filtering technologies and other parental control tools offer a less restrictive way to protect children from inappropriate content online. Congress shall make no law. What part of that don't you understand? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. None. No law. Morris argued that filters also provide a more... These guys should be fired. Well, wait, who... Whatever Congress critters put um, put this together. Oh, it was ten years ago. Most of them are probably, you know, gone. They should have been fired the day they uh, voted for it. Yeah, but that never it never works that way, no, though. They no, can pass doesn't. as many laws as they want to, and then eventually, down the line, some of them get turned over in the court system, and the ones that get turned over, the lawmakers that have to do with actually passing that law have absolutely no responsibility whatsoever for passing it. So, there's... This is one of the reasons why government grows consistently, yeah. because there are no checks and balances. No, no real checks and balances. That's correct. Morris argued, uh, okay, excuse me, for, the, for its part, the Justice Department said it would review the ruling for deciding its next step. Uh, I guess that means they're considering appealing, because it's the Justice Department that wants this so they can go and arrest a bunch of people for putting, right. stuff, putting naughty things online. 
We're disappointed, they said, in the court that the Court of Appeals struck down a congressional statute designed to protect our children from exposure to sexually explicit materials on the Internet. Now, interestingly, COPA has never been enforced. The U.S. Supreme Court twice upheld preliminary injunctions that prevented the government from enforcing the law until a trial to determine the act's constitution. Until a trial to determine the act's constitutionality could be held, it has been held, and it has been found unconstitutional. So, a little bit of good news. But that's not going to stop the next assault on whenever they decide to pass some new law. Remember, they said this was, their critique here was that it was overbroad and vague. Mm. So maybe if they're a little more specific with what it is they're targeting, you know, like gambling sites or porn sites or uh, bomb-making information, that sort of, you know, the things they don't really like, uh, the, the information they don't want you to have. You know, maybe if they target it specifically, they'll get I, away with I it. I understand why they don't want that stuff, you know, especially bomb-making, but it disturbs me. Um, and, you know, I understand they don't want kids looking at pornographic sites. I don't want kids looking at pornographic sites. However... The reason that the, uh, the, 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 the people, the states of um, the Union, accepted the Constitution was because of the Bill of Rights. They wouldn't accept it otherwise, and the, um, you know, they wouldn't have gotten rid of the Articles of Confederation. So the, the Constitution are the rules that we, we work by, and the rules say... It's the rules that they work by, actually. Understood. Um, the Congress shall make no, rule, um, make no law respecting the establishment of uh, religion or, um, or abridging the freedom of speech. You can read press. it over and over again, but they'll just keep making the laws. No law. But they'll keep doing it anyway, right. because uh, there's well, no punishment. Well, they didn't have porn back then, so... In 1998? No, well, this I is... I was being uh, sarcastic. Oh, in and 1700s. And I was referring to the 1700s. <laughs> I don't know. They probably they had, had some naughty... had something. I what, mean... Daguerreotype, isn't that... No, the, no, no, no. There was no daguerreotype. Uh, that, you're talking... That's like that? Civil War era. Okay. Um, I, I think they Lincoln, had drawings, I bet. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm sure believe, they had writing, as, too. As long as there was uh, charcoal and a place to draw, some guy drew, drew a naked lady. Some guy drew a naked lady. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that uh, likely they weren't. Uh, likely they violated that law right away. As, uh, you know, just as soon as they could, they found if they found somebody who was uh, drawing naughty pictures and uh, distributing them, you can believe that they violated their own law in seven, you know, seventeen eighty nine or whatever it was. I'm sure they did. Um, but that's what the law says. That's what the, the the highest law in the land says. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, if they actually do decide to crack down on freedom of speech on the Internet. Certainly there are indicators that suggest that that is indeed what many people in government want to do. As you saw in this story or heard in this story, the Justice Department very upset that COPA was overturned, which just means that they're sending their little bureaucrats who design laws and stuff. Because remember, most of the time the actual so-called lawmakers don't really even write the laws themselves. You're right about that. It's, uh, in many cases, administrative bureaucrats that, that do that, the, like the lawyers that they essentially hire f- for their bureaucracies to expand their bureaucracy. And so they're going to bring you know some new piece of legislation to the table. It's going to be more specifically targeting, por- targeting pornography and stuff like that. And they're going to get away with it. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Internet responds to that, because the Internet doesn't – the people on the Internet don't really like the idea of being regulated. They don't like the idea – but well, they, seem the to have taken, they seem to have taken the uh, whole gambling thing in the United States pretty well. Well, exactly. The, the, now, that's I'm why sure I say that it'll you be can, interesting. You can gamble you can. Um, online. It, it just takes a little more work. You have to jump through some hoops. And so it'll be interesting to see you know, how much compliance there is. I think 
that there will be most, mostly compliance. And that's what we see in the regular business world, and we're starting to see it more on the Internet. But if they didn't comply, and it's easier to not comply on the Internet, you know, move your operations overseas or something like that, therefore you could still have your uh, customers accessing your website but you yourself would not necessarily hold that liability, mm-hmm. and, and certainly the, the U.S. government people could not be kicking in your door to arrest you. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of things come out of that, although I, I hope that we never see that day. It certainly seems like we're going in that direction. I, it yeah, took them 10 years to figure this that's out. That's what they want. Uh, you right. know, it's no doubt. They want more rules, and uh, you know, they want uh, the people to pay more taxes, more fines, more fees. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. And to think, even for a moment, to think that passing some piece of legislation, some words on paper, is going to prevent children from seeing pornography on the (laughs) Internet? You've got to be living in some kind of a bizarre fantasy world. And if they don't see it on the Internet, they're going to see it in magazines and on videotapes. And I mean, that's always been around. I I couldn't... I, I saw... Pornography, uh, you know, some some friends managed to get some older brothers or something, some pornographic magazines, mm-hmm. and we went in the fort and looked at it. It was before I could ride a bicycle. Yeah. Yep. So you're never going to stop it. Now, I, you know, I, at that time, and you know, you're talking the '70s, uh, what they called pornography, you know, what would have been considered it, now is just the stuff you'd see in Playboy. I mean, it's right. just really, it's just naked women and not terribly naked. Soft core, as it is called. I guess. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Coming up, we'll talk stop signs, whatever it is you want to discuss. Don's on the line. We'll get to him and your calls as well. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including, by the way, the bulletin board system. Over 375,000 posts. There's a lot to look at there on the BBS. Go and enjoy it for free. And get interactive. That, again, is bbs.freetalklive.com. We go to your calls. Don in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don. Hey, guys. How are you doing up yonder? Hey, just uh, great. What's on your mind tonight? Anyways, I called in yesterday uh, about my you know thing about the car and all that, which you, you guys received and you know, the house and all that, you know. For the idea, we were talking about how to uh, essentially get real, a so-called real ownership of your house. I believe I own my house, but you say, Don, that I actually don't, that the uh, the paperwork that I need is in the possession of the government bureaucrats, and you said that I needed to go and turn the deed to my home into the government bureaucrats, which, which sounds kind of scary to me, and uh, is that what you wanted to comment on tonight? Well, yeah, like I said on the paperwork, I'd love to give my my uh, phone number if you want to call me. Fine, if not, fine. Again, uh, the the other thing is, uh, uh, w- whenever you do all that stuff, you know. Uh, oh, by the way, the other thing I w- really wanted to ask you is, since you obviously read it, is do you agree with it or or 
Oh, I have know, no idea. I don't know not. what to. I don't know what to believe, Don. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm dubious that uh, you know that 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 the government's ever going to let anyone not pay taxes. Um, right. It seems hard to believe that I could just walk right into the uh, the registrar's office or whoever they are, hand my deed over to them, and then right. have them just you know, poof, your obligations are gone. Yeah, I mean, it's, and I don't believe I have obligations. It, and I've read some of the laws on property taxes because I you know was filing a lawsuit on it, and basically you know here in New Hampshire they have the right you know and i'm sure that it, they have the, you know they, they have the uh the terminology made up you know i'm sure you could combat the terminology that they use but um they they essentially the legislature has given the towns the right if a town could have a right to uh tax everybody who has property in that town and i just i it's difficult for me to imagine especially with my relationship with the uh, the one bureaucrat that works in my town <laughs> that they're just going to allow uh, me to to stop paying taxes i know what would happen if i just stopped paying taxes without doing what you've said to do and I don't know. I'm just it. It it leaves me scared and skeptical. Oh, I, I understand it. I mean, you know, like I said, uh, that's why I sent you the thing about the car, and I have the the sporting evidence to prove the point. You know, and, and uh, oh, by the way, if I was you guys, everyone would love to know how to make a, a few million bucks off their off their car if done correctly. I would a few million bucks. Put that on there on on your website. A few mil- you make a few million bucks off your car. What do you? What does that mean, Don? In other words, by buying the thing outright and never registering it. How does that? You know, I mean, it ain't going to be easy. That's, that's obvious because the government won't allow it. But uh, well, wait, I don't know, understand you, you how you win. Oh, you're Are, saying you're saying like, uh, let me see if I'm following you. You're saying that you would buy your car outright. To where you then own the uh, the manufacturer's certificate of origin, which is this supposed certificate that it that the government takes if you don't buy the car with cash, you finance it. The government takes the certificate, puts it on microfilm, destroys the original certificate, and then issues you a certificate of title in return for it. Essentially, they legally are claiming to own the car. This is my understanding of what uh, I believe you were suggesting. And then that if they came and if you had this so- so-called certificate of origin, and they still st- you know, for instance, took your freedom away from you or took your car away from you, you're suggesting you could then sue them as a result of that and be awarded millions of dollars? Is that your suggestion? Uh, well, what will happen is, obviously, you're going to end up in court. You're then going to sue the officer or whomever it was and the city for whomever he wins, you know, works for, and you you will then win. How do you know no that? The, how do you know you'll much. win, Don? I mean, Mark? They, Mark, you were about ready to sue the town that you live in, and they came back to t- to tell you that if you lost, you would then have to pay the attorney's fee for the town attorney, and you're going into a courtroom where your enemy, the people you're suing, is sitting in judgment of the case. So, how on earth can you be so positive that they would rule in your favor? Well, I mean, you're going to appeal it. You're going to do whatever as, uh, you know, the evidence which I, I mailed you, which says, uh, you know, next to the Supreme Court, uh, Pennsylvania at least, uh, you can't go any further. I mean, you're, you're SOL. Now, um, have you done this stuff, Don? I mean, I guess that's the one thing that would make me feel better is if I had seen somebody do it. Yeah, I certainly. Uh, like I, I pointed out, you will never see it, but I'll, I'll give you this. I got ten ten years of where the county's still trying to get my mobile home, and they don't have a title to my mobile home. Because you own it outright, you have the manufacturer's certificate of origin. Yes, I do. 
So this is what, and the, the other point you made, I think, in your paperwork, Don, was that, um, and, and by the way, just please, everybody listening, don't send a bunch of paperwork because mm-hmm. we really don't have time to look at most of it. I looked at Don's because it, you know, it caught my attention. Yeah, it was, well, he had mentioned that he was going to send it. Yeah. Then. And uh, so in your paperwork, you say the reason that no one can ever tell stories about this is because when they get their settlement, if they're successful in suing, for the government uh, in infringing on their freedoms, taking their property or taking their freedom and locking, locking them in the cell, whatever the reason they're suing, the government specifies as the terms of the settlement that you not talk about it. Isn't that right? Yes. Look at O.J. Simpson. Uh, look at any settlement in in your local newspaper. It will say, okay, uh, Ian versus uh, whoever, uh, turns are d- dismissed, and you won. We don't know what you won. We don't know what went on. But you won. Yeah, and what is also interesting, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network, who we've had on the show quite a bit recently, on some of the comments on his videos, or maybe it wasn't a comment, maybe it was um, somebody that sent him mail. I think, it's, I think it was an email that someone sent to him talking about basically similar things to what you were saying, Don, and it wasn't you. I'm pretty sure it was not you that did this. Not this unless guy, he lives in Louisiana. This guy was saying basically the same thing, was that he's done this before. He's gone into the court, and he has sued them for uh, for what they've done to him, and he has won, but he can't talk about it because of the terms of the settlement. So I really do wonder how often this actually goes on out there, and everybody's all hush-hush about it's it. It's intriguing. And if that's... Uh, let's put it this way. Ignorance is bliss, all right? I mean, if you don't know about it, neither will anyone else, and I'm sure if I'm going to get $100,000 you know, and the state says you open up your mouth, you're not going to open up your mouth. How about Therefore, this one, Don? you're not going to say anything. Here's a question for you. Um, I've got a situation here, and if you go to freekeen.com, you can read more about it. But in essence, I have asked a bunch of questions of the bureaucrats here in Keene, uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from. I've asked them a bunch of questions about property taxes and gave them a certain amount of time in order to answer those questions. In the meantime, I gave them a check that actually had a note on it that specified they could not... They could not deposit the check until they answered the questions and provided the evidence that I was looking for. And the evidence, of course, was the you know the contract that shows that I owe, supposedly shows I owe property taxes. Well, they haven't answered the questions, and they cashed the check anyway. And they've got until August 15th to answer those questions. So do you think that's something that I could sue them on and then possibly get one of these secret settlements that you're talking about? Uh, no, because no. it's already registered and y- you've already lost. Interesting. So this has to do with the status of the property. We'll have to continue this discussion another time, Don. Thank you, as always, for the call. Interesting and and, uh, intriguing, I must say. I hope somebody goes and gives this a try. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Don needs to move here. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. We've got an entire year, an entire year's worth of archives for free on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI. They don't suck. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Sekel CAI. We do like Sekel. In fact, uh, the owner of the company or the is he the owner? One of the principles. Okay, the principal of the company, uh, Jason Osborne, in the chat room at the moment. The chat room's actually uh, bringing up something. I guess something we can talk about real quick here before we get right back to uh, to Dave Ridley, who's on the line here. Mm, But did you hear about this Sonny Landon character? No. Okay, Sonny Landon was in the movie Predator. He was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the last guys to die. The Indian. Yeah. He's uh he, st- he stuck his tomahawk in his mouth in the last couple yeah, few, last yeah. week or so yeah uh oh yeah you did hear about it yeah yeah okay. well once you had said the name it took me a minute he's running as you know the the news broke several weeks ago that oh boy another actor from Predators running for political office and that this, that part I considered good news he was running as a yeah, libertarian yeah, I and, consider that good news right, and, and, and here's the mistake once again uh, for me even using that word I don't have the quote in front of me here because it was just so despicable what he said but he basically uh, said he hates uh, sand shoveling ca- cami- camel jockeys or yeah. something like that and he wants to blow them all up nice so real libertarian there the, the, the <laughs> quality of the libertarian candidates is uh on the upswing huh it's just <laughs> pathetic I, I yeah yeah you know a, a libertarian doesn't want to get involved in uh you know foreign confrontations because that just increases the size of the government war sure is the enough. health of the state yeah, and exactly. a libertarian uh should be as far as i can tell uh, against the state this is the reason why i'm simply not using the I word anymore not not, a, not in reference to it. myself or a group of we you know, yep. them I'll, I'll use it we i won't just more reason to stay the hell away from it Le- uh, we continue so pro liberty we like pro liberty yeah that's pro freedom good. Is voluntarist i like that free marketeer that one's good too but I'm, i have to say i'm leaning more toward voluntarist these days i like free marketeer just because people think you invented the word i like both voluntarist free marketeer <laughs> i'm not using any of those to describe myself all right let's go to dave dave from the ridley report at ridleyreport.com it's been a while dave how are you hey can you hear me okay yes sir good well, I had a minor uh, uh, scoop for you here, and you have to bear with me because okay. I've got a problem with my phone. I'm not going to be able to hear you very well while okay. I'm talking. So you sound great. And I keep talking, that's why. All right, go ahead. But anyway, um, the um, uh, jailed uh, Elaine Brown supporter, Reno Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, there's some news about him. Uh, I interviewed him uh, from, from his jail mm-hmm. uh, the other day. He's jailed in New Hampshire and uh, discovered that apparently he says the uh, feds have threatened to charge him with jury tampering Uh-oh. for informing his jury of its right to nullify. Yeah. Oh, so he actually said something in front of the jury? Right. Yeah, and that was in the papers at the time back in, I think, in 07 when he was tried or maybe early 08. Interesting. Yeah, it was early 08 where he said to the jury uh, as they walked away to deliberate his fate, he said five words, and this is a quote, jury nullification is your right. Wow. That and, doesn't even say yeah, anything. That doesn't really. even describe under you know describe what uh, jury nullification is to them. Um, I, I did see this. Uh, you, you put out a Rayleigh report uh, basically outlining this too, and I, I happened to see that and I found it very interesting. I also uh, the the incident there and petitioning in front of the Manchester whatever government building with the uh, um, you know the, the government officials telling you you know you're, you're not allowed to talk to our employees. That was very interesting too. Oh yeah, and then sicking the cops on him. You should you can see all that video over at RidleyReport.com. But you're saying they're now charging him or they are allegedly going to charge him uh that's correct and by the way with regard to the city most city employees would never do something like that in manchester it was a sort of a quasi-governmental i think person that did it but anyway the um 
uh, yeah, the, the thing that they, he said that they have threatened to charge him with it, and he says he's actually glad that they're threatening to charge him with it because he says it will get you know more publicity for the whole issue of jury nullification. Sure, that much is the case, and you know they're already looking at throwing him in, throwing him in a prison cell for allegedly providing assistance to two so-called tax evaders. Never, never hurting Brown. anyone, right? And so you know he may be going to jail for a few years. What's you know what's this going to add on to it? What's the worst that could happen from this? I don't know. I don't. I'm no legal expert. Yeah. I don't claim to understand the system, but I do know that the people that are holding him, the federal government, uh, is the institution that shipped weapons to, uh, to Saddam Hussein and Osama bin Laden, and that makes it very hypocritical for them to hold him because he shipped uh, allegedly a weapon mm. to Ed Brown. Well, they don't hold themselves to the same standards, of course, Dave. But it is an excellent observation. Now, if they actually charge him with this, does that mean he gets another jury trial for the issue of jury tampering? I would guess that yeah. Of course, they, I think there are other charges they're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, well, did, uh, did he get, him with. I don't. I, I haven't gone through all the. You the said it happened in a, the interview yet to remember exactly what it all was. But that was the one that really stood out in my mind. Uh, they've now, of course, they dropped some charges against him. He, you know, after he stood up for himself in there like that, and uh, the jury kind of, you know, I guess, kind of got it to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, the Fed started kind of backing off of him, but they, you know, yeah, it was very risky for him to do this, and probably he'll pay a price for it. Now, um, so it happened in '07. You said uh, what? Uh, what? What was the result? I mean, I, I don't remember what happened with. Yeah, Reno did they nullify? Yeah. Well, he was arrested in 07. The trial was in early earlier this year, and they they um, they hung on certain charges. There was a mistrial, basically, on certain charges. They did find him guilty on some charges. So, what, what's his? Uh, he hasn't hasn't yet been sentenced, then. Uh, correct. Sentencing was supposed to be in September, um, and uh, of course, you know, the, the trial, like I said, was early this year. Uh, and they were gonna, they're gonna have sentencing in September. That's crazy. That's a long they, they, time. They've done that to all four of, the, of the Brown supporters who were arrested. Wow. Well, the wheels of justice real speedy here in America. Best system in the world. Well, the I, best justice what system that says, in the world. What that says to me that, is that they probably won't get very heavy sentences because, uh, you know, they're just gonna give, you know, like time served. Time served. That, that, they get more time served that way. Well, I don't know. You know they, the maximum sentences that they could serve in some cases, some of these four, would be like up to 50 years. Wow. I think Reno's max was 120 before the trial, from what I heard. Before his trial, but now he's been uh, hung on quite a few. Still, charges. though, I mean, they want to make a they want to make an example out of these people. So we'll see what happens here. Interesting news, Dave. I hope that I know that the free staters and the liberty activists in New Hampshire have been somewhat active to uh, to assist with the uh, the whole situation with Reno. And I'm wondering that if this goes back to trial for the jury tampering charge, will we see some jury nullification uh, outreach out in front of the courthouse? I think that might be an interesting you know idea to to consider. If that. Yeah, I know you can see a video. Uh, Kat Canning went out and did a jury uh, rights demonstration the day they were supposed to go to trial. Yeah, I think the day they were supposed to go to trial, uh, one of the days they were supposed to go to trial. Uh, actually, I think it was Reno's hearing or something like that when there was going to be uh, jury jury selection for Reno's canceled I trial. Think... So she was out there. There's video of that uh, on YouTube. I think uh, this is one of the bill. this is one of the most I think it's one of the most effective and easy to do forms of activism out there. Uh, this jury nullification outreach. You Where to, you stand outside the courtroom. The the courthouse. Yeah. Okay. Courthouse. Yeah. The courthouse. I guess. Exactly, and you have like brochures and posters and things like that. To uh, that FIJA, the Fully Informed Jury Association, actually has available free on their website, or you can of course buy some pre-printed ones from them. But FIJA.org is their website, and they'll tell you about how to go about basically how to go about this. It's pretty simple. You just show up before the jury does. 
the juries usually have to be at court by a certain time, so you know they're going to be arriving usually within a half an hour before that time frame. So you just simply arrive before the, they're supposed to be there, a half hour early. You stand there for a half an hour. You hit as many people that are walking into the courthouse as possible. You're going to get some of the bureaucrats, but that's okay, too. Uh, and you hit them with as many of the uh, brochures as you can get them to take. And then, hopefully, they're going into this jury selection process, which if you've ever been to jury selection process, you know is so boring. You just have to sit there and wait. You know, So you have to bring something to read or something to occupy you uh, to help pass the time in there. And if somebody and bring something to read, having that Fiji brochure sure is going to be interesting to them. It's going to be something for them to look at while they're just sitting there. So I think it's really effective. I believe effective. Chris brought the Fiji pamphlets in with him to the area where he was being questioned. He didn't get chosen. Chris is my brother, but uh, I yes. didn't establish that. Yes. Uh, so I know, Dave, you've done a little bit of fully informed jury outreach, have you not? Yeah, uh, I have a Wookiee costume left over from the Ron Paul <laughs> Rebel Alliance activities, and so I uh, took the uh, costume out in front of uh, uh, Hillsborough, uh, Hillsborough Superior Court in Manchester, and we demonstrated there. I think that's brilliant. Out flyers and stuff. I think that's pretty particularly brilliant because it's going to get extra attention because it's unusual. Some, there's a guy in a Wookiee costume out in front of the courthouse handing out flyers. Awesome. You know, you're going to have to don it again when the uh, the weather gets cool enough. And Dave, keep up the great work out there, and thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate the scoop. 800-259-9231. Keep up with uh, Dave's adventures up here in New Hampshire by going to RidleyReport.com, and we continue more Free Talk Live in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you buy... Free Talk Live gets a cut if you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. That's what the show's about. It's Kevin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Kevin. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, I've got a quick point to make and then a question. All right. Um, the first thing I want to say is my wife, I was trying to convince my wife today to take a picture and put it on the Shrine of Female Listener. Aha. Uh-huh. And she brought up a point, which I've seen echoed on the DDS before, but... um. Some of the female listeners are actually looking at the shrine and thinking, you know, that it has to be a risque photo. Right. Some and I wanted to put up, let people know what the shrine is about, that the shrine is also used for you guys to show radio stations that the show is attractive to the female audience. This is and true. I have a picture on the shrine, and I am wearing all my clothes. Well, the vast majority of the women on the shrine are wearing all of their clothes you know, and are not. To some extent, it, to some extent, it's uh, it's what you say. To some extent, it's uh, it's an uh, allowance for women to uh, show off their picture. And uh, some women know that if they show more skin, they're going to get their picture looked at more. <laughs> um, and you know, what's so, wrong with that? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way I, that is. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you that those are the pictures that are looked at a bit more. I don't. No, um, but I can tell you that uh, you know there's some beautiful women with their clothes on um, on in the shrine, and some beautiful women with their clothes off, and you know that's the way that is. But yes, it is. Uh, the original idea was uh, to. To, to have something to prove that women actually do listen and to this program. that they care about it. Because, right, care about the show enough to go through the hassle of taking a photo specifically for the shrine. 
And back in the original days, we actually would just allow them to send any old picture in. But now it's uh, now the, the rules are a little more strict. And it's good because it, it shows that women listen to this program. Certainly, it's n- they're not the majority of the listeners. We'd, we would like that to be the case, but it's not. Uh, talk radio is just generally not listened to by women. It's kind of this stigma that talk radio has attached to it. And so one of the purposes of the Shrine, as you pointed out so rightly, is that to show that not all talk radio has to exclude women. In fact, we do our best to embrace them by giving them a special place on our website and also uh, giving them preference when they call in on the on the phones. Absolutely. And the second thing I wanted to bring up was um, yesterday you guys were talking about intellectual property mm. and the movie industry, and I'm actually blown away that Mark couldn't find a more creative way that movies would work, being that he earns his income on selling ads. And I've noticed that with a lot of the big-budget movies, there's more and more ad placements. You see this in TV and, and, um, and movies themselves, more and more product placements. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that as the market would shift more, less from the people watching the movie more to the people advertised in it, the, the revenue model would change, even though the big-budget movies would still be in demand and produce. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that... Uh... There, there's so much advertising out there that it diminishes its value. Sure, some one can look at a movie after it's been produced and know, yeah, this was a great idea. But as you know, M&M's passed up uh, E.T. Um, and you know ended up with Reese's Pieces because the people at M&M's Mar- M&M Mars didn't want to take the risk because you know it's just another alien movie. But look what Before, it did for E.T. It, it, or for, as, uh, for Reese's. It, it put Reese's on the map, and yeah. that's the reason I'm using it uh, as an example. But you know, there's that's true, but there's all kinds of advertising. They are inundated um, with advertising uh, options, and you just don't know. Advertising is not a science. You can't say, put your product in front of 10,000 people or 100,000 or 10 million or whatever, and you're going to get this kind of return. People tell you that with uh, direct mailers, but you know it's just an average of what you're going to get back. And, and with a, a lot of things, like branding ads, for instance, that's what uh, the E.T. movie was. Uh, it was branding for uh, because there was no direct response to it. It didn't say, sure. go, out and buy, <laughs> go out and buy Reese's Pieces. Tell them you saw it on ET and get a five dollar. You know. Right, it was it wasn't anything like that. And branding is even is is even more difficult to do because you just don't know if it's working and you know. Okay, how you've well got it a goes. lot of concerns, Mark, and that's understandable. It's just one possible source of revenue for a movie. We also mentioned uh, mentioned the serial aspect where you could release it in chapters and uh, raise fundraise essentially to create the next chapters. That's I mean that's if you're really scraping for cash. And there was actually something that you sent me recently, and I, you know, you're welcome to comment on this, Kevin, but Mark sent me a link to a little um, mini-series on the Internet called Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Blog. It's awesome. And, well, now listen to Mark gush about this. He it's wrote great. The, he wrote this email about how great this was, and it was the funniest thing he'd seen. And Captain the, Hammer sucks. Or... What yeah, it was Captain, Captain Hammer. I think it was Captain, Captain Hammer. Hammer. Something Hammer. And uh, so I went and I watched it, and it was cute. It was entertaining. And it yeah. was very professionally done. And it has the guy from uh, Doogie Howser on it. It has Neil Patrick Harris, yep. as well as a, a, a handful of other somewhat known actors. that are They're, they're getting work these days, yeah. at least. And so I went and I read the note from the director, Joss Whedon. Now, Joss Whedon is heard the... heard that name. Yep, he well, he did Firefly, uh, he did Serenity, he also did, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's really where I think he made his name. He also did a few other pretty big productions out there. So this guy's a known Hollywood name. And what he said in the letter from the director is that this cost them 
next to nothing. They did it on a shoestring budget, and he was hoping that they'd be able to make some money off of it. It's kind of like an experimental thing, yeah. basically. He's you know putting it out there. He's putting his money on the on the line essentially to try this new kind of distribution method out. And he was talking about maybe releasing it on DVD or having downloadable uh, episodes. But they gave the thing away first in order to generate the interest in it, and now they're going to try to to monetize it after the fact. The reason I give that as an example is, number one, Mark was really, really excited about it and really enjoyed it. Uh, well, number but but two, the, the funny part about it is, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't know that it was a blog. I thought that was just one little short. I thought I'd seen the whole thing and the experience was... Oh, there were three was, parts. You didn't watch all three parts? I only saw the one part where he starts uh, doing his video blog and then, uh, oh, you, you know, and then goes So you didn't see what happened to the girl? Controls the truck. Well, yeah, she got pushed in the garbage. Oh, no. No, no, you need to watch parts two and three, and you're probably going to have to pay to watch them now, Mark, because I think they took them down from the free zone on the website. It's Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog if you want to see what this is about. And it's just it's just short little, you know, ten-minute segments. Mm-hmm. The whole thing totals maybe 40 minutes long after you've watched the entire thing. But the, the reason I bring it up is because it shows that certain talent is willing to work for less. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris, he's a pretty big name. I mean, he's not Tom Cruise, no, but, but, but mean, he's a name. People yeah. know who he is when they I see did. him. And uh, he was willing to work for Peanuts, basically, doing this, this film. And so well, he did it because Mark, it's new, whatever, and it's a different distribution reason, system. Whatever the reason is, it's, it goes to back up what we were talking about last night, when you were all concerned that, uh, well, the, our actors won't make what they're making today. And you know what? Apparently, that's okay with some of them, because some people got into the acting business to act and have fun and make money uh, having fun. Like, we did, got into the radio business to make money having fun. Same reason some actors did that. So a lot of actors are going to continue on acting, because it's what they love to do even if it means they're not going to be making thirty million and they'll only be making three hundred thousand. You know, the first thousand. when you mentioned that there were three episodes to this and they uh, totaled forty minutes, the first thing that I thought to myself was, well, one of my listeners, I'm sure, has uh, has uh, you know recorded it and will send me the next two episodes. You can likely get it on torrent. Therefore, sure I will get it for free. Uh, the first thing that I thought within yeah. a microsecond <laughs> of you mentioning it was, how am I going to be able to watch this and not have to well, pay the people who did it money? And you know, that's you've got these two warring things that people want. People want if for themselves. If you want more of it, you know that they you... want to be able to make money off their right. ideas and their creativity and the work Kevin that they put into it. And at the same time, because you want me to shut up because yes. I'm, I'm destroying right. your point. No, you're not doing anything like that. Kevin, go ahead. Well, I was thinking on a different side. I'm a programmer by profession, and um, I'm really big into the free software and the open source movement. And mm. one of the things there was, how do you make money when your product is free? And um, one of the big things we did is um, support services around the product. And I know it's not exactly the same thing there, but right. I'm, I, I well, am. programming is math, Kevin. Um, it's difficult, in, in, to, in, to my mind, to uh, to you know decide that uh, you know, someone can copyright math. If you if you force another programming company to uh, instead of two plus two, they have to they have to create some long string of uh, numbers that three uh, you know th- uh, three plus one minus. That's uh, not what he five. was getting. And he was just talking about how they monetize something that everyone was saying, how can you make money off Making of this? Making the, yeah, the point that, that programming that, is math. That, well, there was the idea that you could, the only way to make money on software was to sell like per copy licenses. Right. And, and, and the open source movement has proven time and again that that's not true. With, for instance, my SQL just got bought out by Sun for a billion dollars. So what's... I mean, the, the support services and continuance there 
are, there's revenue models that you wouldn't that aren't immediately apparent. Right, and so what you're going to see happen here, and maybe you should pay attention to the Dr. Horrible experience, Mark, to see what happens with it. And Kevin, thank you for the call. What you're seeing here is people in the Hollywood industry. They're already trying to branch out, and they're trying to, to experiment with new ways to monetize this new distribution method known as the internet. Will they make money on this? That remains to be seen. I'm sure they will. They'll figure something. They'll they have make to money figure something out if because things make, are changing. If they make money, it's because people voluntarily went and paid for it because they liked what they saw and they wanted to see more. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. Starting things out with a story about stopping by John Stossel, ABC News. Actually, I think this is one of his columns from townhall.com, which is a very strange place to find uh, somebody like John Stossel. Anyway, day after day, says John in Warren, Michigan, people wait in a long line to pay traffic fines. Many are there because police say they didn't come to a full stop at a stop sign. Often the policeman saying that is Officer David Knapp, uh, excuse me, Kanapsky. On last week's 2020, or a recent 2020, you heard a motorist in court insist that she did come to a complete stop. The judge replied, as judges there often do, I find Officer Konapski's testimony to be credible. He is an unbiased witness. This is something that has always really, really irritated me. What's that? Whenever you get pulled over for a stop sign violation... How it's just your word against mine. Right. I mean, it's, what? Yeah. <laughs> but but you didn't and come they to always, complete stop. Yes, and, they and did. And they often take the uh, no, the, the cops, uh, yeah. you know, uh, word as though as though he's unbiased. He's not unbiased. No. It's his job to give tickets. <laughs> How is that unbiased? It's my job to sell radio. You want to? Hey, you know. it's unbiased because that's what the judge said, and he's wearing a robe and sitting higher than you. He is important. He's a transvestite on a, <laughs> on, a, on, a on a elevated box. Well, he's certainly a man on a power trip, that much is for sure. The other thing that really irritates me about stop signs is that, let's say if you're driving around at 3 o'clock in the morning and you approach the stop sign and there's no one around, do you really have to come to a complete stop? Because it's supposed to be about safety. So if there's no one else around and you haven't harmed anybody, but there's a cop sitting behind a tree with his lights off in the dark just waiting to give people tickets who do just that, it, just it irritates me. It you know, infuriates me. 
There, there are times, uh, I, I'm sure, when uh, coming to a full stop makes perfectly good sense. I mean, obviously, if there's oncoming traffic, but I'm, I'm trying to think of an instance where coming to a full stop. And full means you stop, the car the rocks. rocks back, yeah. and then you're allowed to go. It's ludicrous. You right. know what I do? Is when I have, uh, you know, when, when there's a cop around, that's when I come to the full and complete stop. I'll rock that baby back, wait to wait for a three count, and then I'll go. Same here. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> there you go. How do you there. like that full? Because you know nobody drives like this. That right. cop doesn't drive like Nobody nope. drives like this. No. Oh, I see cops roll past this stop oh, sign in front of the house of course they all do. the time. Well, they've got a pass. They, 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 they don't got get the magic car that doesn't get right. tickets. Here's more and if they me. have one of their special cop stickers on the back of their car, they're not going to get a ticket, too. Have you seen these? They're the black stickers with the blue stripe. Yeah, I've got um, some. Blue, horizon, blue horizontal do, stripe. Do you want one of them? I, 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 I don't know. sitting over no, there. No, I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to. No, I don't think I'm going to. Nobody believe it anyway if they saw my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the rest of the story from John Stossel. So, again, the judge says, I find him to be a credible or an unbiased witness about his uh, buddy in uniform. But the officer says Stossel is not. Not really unbiased. The more tickets he writes, the more overtime he gets. Last year, Officer Kanapsky spent so much time in court, he increased his pay by $21,000. Wow. Because it's overtime when they go to court. So he sees a... a so there's no a, incentive whatsoever for him to give these tickets out. Yeah, he's figured out how to work the system. Usually they say the cops just don't show up because it's their day off. Mm-hmm. But he gets overtime, and who doesn't like overtime? Rolling through a stop sign in Michigan puts two points on your driving record. That hikes your car insurance premium. Fighting the ticket could cost even more. Yep. So to avoid the points in legal fees, most people plead guilty to a lesser offense. Impeding traffic. The court sounds like an assembly line. No points. $135. Last year, the town made half a million dollars and from you know, such fines. This is the other thing. is this Supposedly, the, the, the town, yeah. The, 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 how much was the money? What was it? Half a million dollars in one year. It, that's, that adds to from their stop bottom line. Funds. I'll tell you, that's almost what, this t- what my town makes. Uh, what, what they have their entire yeah. budget. Um, so you know, the oh, man, I forgot my point. I was That's gonna... all right. Some drivers told us it seems like a money making scam, and they're right. That's exactly what it is. And in <laughs> fact, that's that's all it is. The, that the purpose of the courtroom is just to avert your attention from the fact that it's a money-making scam. And the other purpose of the courtroom is to uh, keep us – right, the idea is that this institution is here to keep us safe, right? And, <laughs> you know, the uh, shouldn't they be – these bad drivers, these terrible drivers that aren't coming to a full and complete stop, their insurance companies need to know about this. I mean, obviously, the rest of us are uh, bearing the costs, uh, you know, through through the, through higher insurance for these dangerous people that aren't coming to a full and complete stop. So the court isn't actually doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's just oh, it's, a money generating yeah, right. machine because they're downgrading the charge and letting right. people plea right without getting points. Give them a deal. No points. One hundred and thirty-five dollars. Yeah. The points are the part that's legitimate. You know, that would be more legitimate. They legitimize driving dangerous. Right. Yeah. It legitimizes their activity. Whereas the money, what's that for? It's just for the town. There are two yield signs in Keene that I know of, and I absolutely love them. They're essentially what a stop sign should be. You approach the intersection that has the right of way, you look and see if there are any cars coming, and if there aren't, you get to go. You don't have to stop. You don't have to rock your car. You You use responsibility. You know, and and, and if you hit somebody, you know, you cause an accident or something like that. It's your fault. It's your fault you failed to yield the right of way. Right. 
And that's, you know, that's the way it should be. Stop signs, you know, they're they're a traffic calming measure, I guess, in neighborhoods, that that kind of idea. Yeah. But we have speed limits in neighborhoods. See, what do you need the, the It doesn't calm anything around here. I see people uh I see people just blow right through the signs. Right. If the stop speed. sign doesn't work in calming the measure if, or excuse me if the uh, speed limit sign didn't work for calming traffic down to the speed that you wanted <laughs> the at, other why sign, the hell does the new sign it's, do it's it? It's red and octo- and it's an octagon. People. I actually saw one the other day with an explanation point. Stop! <laughs> that, that wasn't a city one, though. No, but it made me laugh. Yeah, that's, well, that, that those those ingenious little things um, are what ta- you know what like, um, organizations use, and they work better because people see them. I uh, used to live by a neighborhood whose speed limit was twelve. Twelve. And, yeah, and the reason why it was twelve was because you notice it. Because it always goes in fives normally, right. so it was to stand out and to be noticed. I've seen them at five miles an hour, and just to be a jerk, <laughs> through like some mobile home parks you and different. You can't go that slow. I'll, no. I'll just go five miles you, an hour. You, you can't. Basically, I'll creep. Yes, well, you can. You don't hit the gas, and you just. Oh, you'd very actually have to ride slowly. the brake. Yeah, you like very slowly. Different just... cars idle at different speeds. Yeah. yeah. All right, so here's more from Stossel. Uh, again, the town made half a million dollars from fines like stop sign fines. If uh, and again, people said it, they, it seems like a money-making scam. Now, Stossel says, I don't know if that's true, but when some angry motorist, and he's just being coy, I think. Mm. Uh, but I don't know if that's the right word. Anyway, when some angry motorist complained to Heather Catalo, reporter for Detroit's ABC affiliate, she took her cameras out to see if the cops themselves stopped at the stop signs. Mm. And... Most of them didn't. I bet. Of course they didn't. Nobody drives that way. They have, you know, that's that's the whole purpose of the speed limit signs and the stop signs. They put up speed limit signs that are too low, so you know, lower than people would normally, you know, navigate a piece of road, so that they can give out tickets and get revenue generation. If they really wanted to people to go that speed, they'd put up speed trap cameras that so that everybody would know if you go by that camera, you're going yeah. to get a ticket, not the one in a but thousand then the fines chance go down. that. Right, but then right. compliance Revenues. goes up and fines it's, go it, down. Because it's about revenue. Yep. In the same way that stop signs, nobody stops that way. Her expose caused a ruckus in town. The mayor hired a new police commissioner who told me the cops might have been on emergency calls. What a he bunch said, of crap that they is. They don't necessarily have to have their lights and sirens on. I told him the tape showed police cars rolling through stop signs on the way back to the police station. Did some officers make mistakes? Perhaps so, he said. But if I make a mistake, it's a problem. Right. (laughs) This is it just goes to show there's a double standard. There is a double standard and it goes from stop signs to, to, you know, the, the biggest drug deals. When it comes to police, there's a double standard. They are there to generate revenue for the state. And whenever they get caught, it's always the same excuse. Oh, it's only a few bad apples or, hey, everybody makes mistakes. I've heard it time and time again. I, I got to tell you, with complete honesty, if I drove a police car, and I wouldn't, but if I did, I wouldn't stop at stop signs, well, and is, I wouldn't drive the speed limit either. I don't is, now. And, and it just it, it's just proof positive. Everybody knows this is true. Everybody knows cops don't stop at stop signs any more than anybody else does, or any less than anybody and else does. But they're just mistakes, Mark. And it's just, we still allow this ludicrous money-making system to go well, we're on. we're scared. I mean, people are frightened. We have to pay for the road. Well, the reason why they allow it to happen is... Not not because they feel obligated to pay for the roads, but because they don't want to be put in a jail cell. That's why our buddy Sam paid it's his not worth their time. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the updates. Get signed up, and we will let you know when there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com. Use the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Again, the promo code is 600 That'll allow you to start your free trial of WebEx today and get yourself a free webcam. I'll tell you, it makes uh, it, it makes sense. It's it's um, when you think about the cost of airfare and gasoline and and these kind of things, it makes sense to do this with uh, clients just to try it out. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our number. We continue discussing stop signs. John Stossel talking about how there's this double standard, and we've known there's a double standard between the police and the rest of us, and it's a particularly apparent when you watch them roll through stop signs, just like everybody rolls through stop signs. But listening to their excuses is particularly amusing. The spokes bureaucrat for, excuse me, this is actually the police commissioner who apparently spoke out on this issue. He said the cops might have been on emergency calls. They don't necessarily have to have their lights and sirens on, but when pointed out that the cops absolutely weren't on emergency calls because they were followed back to the station, mm. he says, well, did some officers make mistakes? Perhaps so. And that's because they don't want you to believe that these people are just like the rest of you, like they uh, have some sort of higher standard that they're being held to, when in point of fact, that's not the case at all. You know, I don't know um, how, how often police... Police officers put on their lights. I can imagine that uh, you know if they do get an emergency call, woo, we get to put on the lights. Uh, you know, some of them people move anytime. out of your way. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I got the blinking the lights on the top carpet. of the car. And you know, I'm sure that's not true for the guys that have been doing it a long time. It's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, another disturbance or whatever. Yeah, probably more the younger dudes. That that may be the case. Anyway, here's a little bit more about the story. The bureaucrat denied that the tickets were a money-making scam. He what? said he said Man, he didn't think what it hubris. Was, hold on now. He said he didn't think it was odd at all that Officer Kanapsky wrote thousands of tickets. He said it's not unusual for a traffic officer to write 10 to 20 traffic violations a day, if not more. Stossel says, please, I'm all for highway safety, but I suspect that America's roads have too many rules and that gives cops too much arbitrary power to harass people or profit off them. As the ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tse said, the more laws that are written, the more criminals are produced. I bet most Americans roll through stop signs. I do. I do. It makes for a smoother ride, and it saves gas. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing is... Um, it saves your brakes, too. When I was thinking about this, uh, from the bicycle standpoint, I when I was living in Keene, I bicycled everywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm not stopping at your stop sign on a bicycle. Oh, yeah, they have bike <laughs> stop signs here. Well, it's there's a stop sign, and a bicycle's a, a vehicle. Just like any other, and is it? it's legally, um, you know, is that you have to true? Stop. If you're not in the middle of the road, it's true. It, it is, that's my understanding. The bicycle okay. is a vehicle, and right. you have to follow all the rules that a car has to follow. <laughs> oh, well, I don't do those now, stupid hand signals either. They're little turn signals. I don't even know. You're not them. generally changing lanes, and mostly you don't have to put on a turn signal to make turns. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, um, so the, you know that's not as big of a deal. However, I'm not stopping at your stop sign on a bicycle. I'm just not going to do it unless there's some kind of car. Or something 
some reason to do it. I, I had to. Does I, that mean you'd pay the fine if they if they got you? Well, I've, I've, I've never been him. never been gotten. But the question stands: What if they find you fifty dollar fine? I don't know the answer. I had never considered it. I, mm. I, you know, I haven't confronted that situation. My my point is is that I put my blood, sweat, and tears into getting up to the speed that I'm getting up to. Yeah. And I like to ride fast on my bike. You know, to, to me it's a challenge. Sure. So stopping at your stop sign stinks. But then I thought about it. Look, I'm I'm putting the money into I'm you know I put my time into work in order to make money in order to buy gasoline. Mm-hmm. So the people in the cars are doing the same thing. They're putting their um, energy into True. driving their vehicles and stopping you know waste their gas too. It's just as big of a deal for a car to have to stop at a stop sign. Absolutely. It's inconvenient. It slows things down. I mean, if if people had the, I mean, collectively, all of the people stopping at stop signs, how much money is that just throwing down? I mean, you're burning right, it they up say, gasoline. They're, they're so worried about gasoline. You want to you save, save some gas? You want to save the planet? Put up some yield signs. Yep. And well, get some cops off the road. In fact, uh, ABC News put cameras by the stop signs in Warren, Michigan, and in New York City. And by the way, I did a little uh, wicking uh, during the break. Warren isn't exactly a town. It's it's a small city or a large mi- or medium-sized city with okay. over 100,000 population. So still, though, half a million bucks uh, for the police department just from stop sign-like fines is not too shabby. Yeah, half a million dollar hit to the budget would be a tough, tough hit for any town that size to take. So they put cameras in both Warren, Michigan, and in New York City. And the video showed that, sure enough, in Warren, 72% of drivers did not come to a complete stop. In New York, it was 82% that kept going. Warren and other towns probably have too many stop signs. Now, there's no proof that more signs save lives. Studies show that sometimes installing stop signs lowers accident rates, but in some cases, more accidents occurred after the signs were installed. In this month's Atlantic magazine, John Stadden argues that the America's or that America's omnipresent stop signs make us less safe. He says that stop signs are costly to drivers and bad for the environment. Stop-start driving uses more gas, and vehicles pollute most when starting up from rest. The over abundance of stop signs teaches drivers to be less observant of cross traffic and to exercise less judgment when driving. Instead, they're looking for signs. The four-way stop deserves special recognition as a masterpiece of counterproductive public public safety efforts. Where should the driver look? One Dutch town experimented by getting rid of most of its traffic signs. The result? Fewer accidents and fewer injuries. Drivers look out for people in cars and walking around instead of looking for signs, and then they negotiate their way through town. You know, if you suggested that some town make this, uh, do this kind of experiment here, they would reel back in horror. Yeah. Do you understand? Oh you my God! You want to kill children? I mean, they would. <laughs> uh, they would just. They, they would react so mm-hmm. poorly to this. But you know, some Dutch town decided to do it. What is it about Americans that we just want to be told what to do so badly? We need people to tell us what to do. Not me. Oh my God! Yeah. We, How we, about you we would, let people tell you what to do, and I'll just want. do whatever I want. Thank you, though. Yeah. Well, it, it's that we don't trust the other people. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I know, do the right thing. I know that I'm going to do the that. right thing. <laughs> Remember the stop you, sign? I'm not so sure about. Remember the stop sign in Warren, Michigan, where Officer Kanapsky wrote so many of his tickets? Well, it's been changed to a yield sign. One result? Fewer accidents. Police say that between January 16th of 2008 and May 21st, there have been no accidents reported. And during that same time frame in 2007, there were four crashes reported. Good. Let's get rid of more stop signs. And I don't think this proves that stop signs are uh, dangerous. I think that what it proves is that um, you know there, there's randomization out there, and the stop signs do very little. 
they're useless to anybody but the police department. Yeah, I, I really, I, I feel that way. And uh, Johnston also wraps up by saying, to all the cops who eagerly punish us for doing what they do, give me a break. You know, uh, it, I, I agree with him. You know, I was thinking, not only is there a stop sign at every, you know, street crossing or stoplight, mm-hmm. where there isn't a stoplight, there's a stop sign. But every driveway is a stop sign. If you're pulling out of your driveway, you have to come to a full and complete stop at your driveway, rock back, and then you're allowed to go. Is that true? Yes. I never heard of such a thing. Well, that's you know that's that's the that's the rule. Ignorance of the law is no, no excuse. excuse. Oh, jeez. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your comments on this story or whatever it is that's on your mind. Bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, and those features include the wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Also, if you want to help Free Talk Live out, you can go and uh, visit the Promote page on our website to learn various different simple, easy, and mostly free, if not very cheap, ways that you can help Free Talk Live, help spread the word about this program to introduce more people to the message of liberty. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a look at all the options that are there. That's promote.freetalklive.com. So, uh, let's talk about a story we mentioned before, and it's just such a compelling, sad story that it's worth talking about again, especially because now we've got quotes from bureaucrats to go along with the story. It's a tragic story out of the Tallahassee region in Florida, and Julia, you've got it. Yes. All right. Sorry. I thought you did. (laughs) I do, I do. Okay. After being caught twice with a baggie of marijuana, 23-year-old Rachel Hoffman was reportedly told by police in Tallahassee, Florida, that she would go to prison for four years unless she became an undercover informant. First, before we go on, remember, whenever the police tell you something, there's a good possibility that they are telling you a lie. Yeah, if, uh, if it was really, in fact, just a baggie, and I don't know how big this yeah. baggie is, but it draws to mind a sandwich bag. If it was a baggie of marijuana, you're not going to prison for four years. Not bloody likely. Unless you're on probation. Um, yeah. But, you know, even if you're on misdemeanor probation. Yeah, this just doesn't make yeah. any sense. I actually have been caught twice with a baggie of marijuana, presumably of the same size, and I didn't go to prison. I I just did right. some when community a, service. When I mean, a cute little girl comes up in front of a judge uh, for a marijuana and charge. And this girl is cute. Yeah, it's... It's not going to go that bad. Well, you know, I think ugly girls should be able to, uh, you know, <laughs> smoke pot too if they want. Uh, you know, that doesn't, that you know, here nor there in the issue as far right. as I'm concerned. But yeah, many she people, is. Uh, many people on their first offense or second offense will not go to prison for marijuana, regardless of how they look. That much is the case. So the cops, first off, were lying to this girl. The young woman, a recent graduate of Florida State University, was murdered during a botched sting oh, operation gosh. two months ago. This is I sad. wonder who she, who she got shot by. I don't know. Maybe we'll find uh, out. Probably the bad guy. Friendly, the, uh, friendly the fire dealers. happens. 
Yeah, I think it was the drug dealers. Yeah, that's that's who they're going to blame it on. You weren't there. That's true. Good point. Her case will be profiled Friday on 2020. The idea of waging a war on drugs is to protect people, and here it seems like we're putting <laughs> people in harm's way, said Lance Block, a lawyer hired, hired by the girl's family. The Florida Attorney General's Office says it is reviewing <laughs> the procedures and protocol of the Tallahassee police. Oh, oh they're, boy. Yeah, they're, they're reviewing review. it. They've that, got a blue ribbon panel taking a look at these they cops. they to prison for four years unless they cooperate? <laughs> yeah. Not, not likely. Happen. Rachel's case has also raised some new questions about state and federal laws related to marijuana possession. Uh, now, oh? what bothers me about this is that it's only marijuana possession. When people start to talk about she drugs... She had some ecstasy, didn't she? That was actually just something totally separate. Okay. Um, but what really bothers me is when people start to talk about drug laws, they can only start to talk about marijuana. But we don't even go to those other drugs. We can only just barely if begin it's your body, to start. You can do what you want with it, and it doesn't matter which drug it is. But people don't even want to talk about marijuana. I mean, no. they, I we're do just think, barely I do think that, allowed to talk about marijuana. I think that marijuana. marijuana, if you stopped uh, the war on marijuana, which um, is uh, that's uh, what it is. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna t- put such a huge dent in the war on drugs uh, that you know that that. Towns and people are going to find it un, uh, you know, financially just not worth going after the rest of the stuff to some extent. I think it's going to slow know. it down. There's That's... a lot of money in coke, man. Well, marijuana is so no, easy I mean the cops to find when you pull someone over because you can smell it really easily, and drug mm-hmm. dogs can smell it really easily. And it's can't just... they smell coke? No, drug dogs. dogs can, but you can't right. smell coke when you pull someone over. Okay, true. So. Drug dogs can. Maybe right. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they can. Yes. Coke's pretty bulky, too. Yeah, not really. Unless you're selling dime bags. I mean, you've got to move kilos of the stuff around somehow, right? Yeah, that's that's when you're talking about you know big time dealers, but most you know the 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 retail the people dealer, who are getting caught. The retail dealer is not generally does not have a kilo. It's true. Rachel, uh, sorry, I already read that. I'm calling her a criminal. Tallahassee's police chief Dennis Jones told 2020, who maintains that both drug dealers and drug users are considered criminals in this department. Now, here's my question: What would happen if Mr. Whoever his name was, Dennis Jones, Je- Mr. Jones, if it was his daughter that was caught with the two baggies of marijuana? What would he be saying at that point? Well, he'd probably say no comment, number one. But if you managed to get a comment out of him, it would probably be similar to what old Jeb Bush down in Florida said when his daughter got caught with crack cocaine. This is a family matter? Against, more than once, yeah. Oh, this is – I would appreciate that if you just left this. So this is a private family well, matter. That's what he would say there. But you saw what the cops said about uh, – what the, the big cops said about police officers going through stop signs in the last story. Well, sometimes police officers mistakes. make mistakes. Did the cops get tickets? Mm. Yeah, so he might say, "Oh, my daughter, she just made a mistake." That's all. They, right? They're not gonna. They're not gonna face well, the penalties that you and I criminal. face. Yeah, she's she's a beautiful young woman that have you decided to smoke marijuana, which is safer and better for you than alcohol. As many young college students have decided to do this and do on a nightly just disgusting basis. Disgusting is what it is. So by this by this man's definition, he's in Tallahassee. There are a few colleges there. There's uh, the community Florida State college, University, there's FAMU. Um, there's Le- um, Leon County. So in this man's uh, understanding. Virtually everyone on those college campuses, I mean, I don't know if it's virtually everyone. They're criminals that deserve to die. It's a significant percentage of any college campus that is engaging in smoking marijuana on a fairly regular basis. 
I tell you that not even as someone who's gone right. to a college campus like that, but just as people who've known people in college, and it's just, that's how it is, my man. Which is funny, because college is idolized. So. You just need to know people in our in, in that age bracket. You know, 35 on down, sure. you, know, at, you know, at some point you're you're maturing, you're having kids, your life's changing, you decide to stop smoking marijuana. Sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. But that happens for a lot of people. But when you're talking that bracket from 16 to 26... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what the percentages are, but it's a significant portion of our population that yep, this criminals. jerk says is are criminals and doesn't right. and apparently doesn't care if they die. No, he doesn't. Exploited. He sounds very cavalier about it all. It's disgusting. Rachel was also found in possession of two ecstasy pills, a felony under Florida law, no matter what the quantity, because it has a high potential for abuse and has and a no... high potential for fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to recommend that kids go out and do that because it's uh, it is an illegal drug, which means that it could be impure, and you never know what you're getting in the black market. Though I will say that ecstasy, the me using ecstasy in my teenage years is probably one of the best things I ever did for myself. So. I don't. I don't, I don't see why, but okay. I put my self-esteem through the roof, man. Mm, well, I had a fun time. Yeah, I had fun too, but man, it it just did wonderful things for. Now it keeps me up. I'm I'm not interested in yeah, anything that's going to keep it's... me up. <laughs> When's the last time you did it? Ecstasy. Yeah, uh, it's probably been close to a decade. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been out of prison for a decade. Gotcha. But, uh, close. Kids, you'll go to prison if you use drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Depends. The Tallahassee. If you get caught. <laughs> That, that's true. The Tallahassee police chief says Rachel was suspected of selling drugs, and she was rightly treated as a criminal. You know, if if, he's, if this guy was a criminal and, convicted, and committed some kind of offense that was uh, just as, you know, the, the same level she was, would it be okay if she, he died? As if that makes it okay. Yeah, that's just, it's so nuts. It's disgusting. And suspected of selling drugs because they found her with two ecstasy pills and a baggie of marijuana. Yeah. No, they always suspect you're selling them yeah. because because it's a bigger charge. Bigger charge. That way they can knock it down and they but can, they can give wheel you a deal. and deal. Yeah. yeah. If That's, they give you a simple possession of marijuana, what are they going to wheel and deal down to? Mm-hmm. That's my job as a police chief, to find these criminals in our community and take them off oh, the street. Oh, I really that's wish such a hard would. job. I mean, oh, oh, that's such a hard job. Finding pot smokers? You, <laughs> you are so, this guy is so full of it to suggest that he's got a job to go find pot smokers? He only finds the criminals that he wants to find. Yeah. Uh, when, when somebody I can cr- tell commits you a crime in them. his department, when someone commits a crime in front of him, and there's so many laws, mm-hmm. he knows what these crimes are, he doesn't take them off the street. If you're a friend or if, if you're an employee, he doesn't do anything. I can find you pot smokers tonight. Let's go to any restaurant in town. Let's go to any oh. uh, to any bar Food in town. Food service workers. Food service workers, 90, 80% plus marijuana smokers. I don't see this cop going and raiding restaurants. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Those features, by the way, include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, at freetalklive.com. With the housing market the way it is currently... Now's a great time to, you know, stay at home. Don't go out. Don't spend money on uh, going out to restaurants and that kind of thing. Spend money on remodeling your kitchen. Go to internobs.com. You can get wholesale prices. You get uh, friendly service, and you can save 10% by using code FTL. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, internobs. 
1-800-259-9231. A little more detail on this tragic story out of Tallahassee, Florida. And I'm bummed we're no longer on in Tallahassee. But uh, this could happen to someone in your family. This could happen to a friend of yours, at least if they smoke marijuana. This young lady, 23 years old, college student in Tallahassee, was picked up uh, by the cops for possession of marijuana charges. The cops lied to her, told her that she could be facing up to four years in prison. And they convinced her, as they do so many people that they catch for simple drug possession offenses, they convinced her to work with them. Hey, if you just work with us here, we'll cut you down to a simple charge of possession and you'll have six months probation. When you think about being in that situation, you're sitting in a room and there are cops all around you being intimidating like Mm -hmm. they're trained to do and in your face with guns on their hips at convincing you to do something, it, it's pretty convincing. Sure. You don't want to go to the pokey and, and spend four years in prison. With and these if you guys. Be- right, and if you believe the cops, then you believe that's what's going to happen. Again, cops tell lies, so never believe a word they say. And uh, certainly you should not and, work with the you know, cops. If you're a cop and, and you don't like Ian saying that cops tell lies, don't believe a word they say. Stop telling lies, you stinking liar. So uh, so don't work with the cops either because it just puts you in a, an even more dangerous situation. And as we, find, you know, as we find out from time to time, they don't hold up their end of the bargain. In this case, they wanted her to go and, and run an undercover drug deal for them, right? Right. And this is, there's only a little bit left to this article, but I thought this point was fairly important. Uh, the young woman received no training before being sent to an undercover meeting to buy a large quantity of drugs and a handgun from two suspects. So they sent a 23-year-old girl into a drug bust to buy a gun with, with not, just, okay, here you go, go buy the drugs. I wow. Mean, that's crazy. It, it, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. No but the training. police chief says she's a criminal, so why do they and care if she apparently does? Apparently, they're claiming that she got shot by the gun that she was supposed right. to buy. It's the pol- it's, police say Rachel was killed by the very handgun she was supposed to buy. It may be buy. true, but it may be the cops bust in and she got caught in the crossfire and was shot by a cop. Who knows? We don't know. But we do know that the police are very, very concerned about their own safety. We know that they have rules and regulations mm-hmm. that they're very, very strict about officer safety. We've got to be concerned about officer safety. But she was a criminal. Right. So, so in this case, the narcs, the uh, the narcotics department officers figured, well, we would normally go and do this ourselves, but hey, officer safety is important. We've got this criminal over here, and she'll do whatever it is we ask her to do because we'll promise, you know, we'll give her a deal if she does what we ask her to do. We'll just send this little girl in here and uh, put her ass on the line. You know, That's different what they de- did. different departments act in different manners, and I would hope that most departments wouldn't do this, but that it, but they it's, do. It's an egregious. I don't know whether did they, they do. try to get you to roll over, Julia, when they. They busted you? No. Okay, didn't so have, not all. Didn't have enough. No. She had two baggies. Oh, I understand. That's why I'm saying that this, you know, but normally... But they did pull this intimidation crap on me, and they, you know, they had several officers surround me, and at one point in time, I was taken into a room, and this big black cop got in my face and screamed at me, and, and I, I mean, if somebody said something like this to me, like, hey, will you do this, and you'll get in less trouble, in the state of mind that I was in when I was in jail for this... I probably would have said yes because I was terrified. Yeah, you know, and they they probably needed somebody at that time. But I think that this is that one particular point that they sent this girl in, um, and and sent her in without training mm. is that 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 was department specific. It's a bunch of crap. And this guy, this police chief, deserves to lose his job. Actually, everybody You'll in the department, that, everybody in the department that was involved in this deserves to lose their yeah, job. Yeah, but it but never works won't. that way. They'll no, get medals. No, they, they don't. They get medals for this crap. They do. So but, there you go. Another unnecessary death. 
alcohol. You were a criminal for drinking alcohol at one point in time. And yep. for some reason, we changed these laws, and now you're not a criminal. Yep. Now it's okay. Now everything's fine. And these these people, I just, it's so mindless. When yep. you hear this, this viewpoint from people, and it's not just the cops, it's the people that are just law and order types, this viewpoint that, well, the law defines what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. No, that's not the case. Shallow at all. morons. What defines right and wrong is harm, is victims. Are is there a victim to this crime? If there's no victim, then nothing's been done. Just wrong. because some some people got together somewhere and decided to write down on a piece of paper that something was wrong does not make it wrong. Right. So alcohol drinking was in these people's minds wrong at one time, but now they can feel good about it because it's legal. Uh, it just goes to show that this has absolutely nothing to do with keeping people safe and everything to do with making money and being in control. Wait, I for, I for, I'm sorry. I'm wrong about alcohol. It's actually wrong if you're under 21 years old. And then when <laughs> if you turn 21, 20, suddenly it's not. It's right. It's okay. And a few years ago, it, or I guess several years ago at this point in time, it was okay when you were 18 and even some states 19, but... But not anymore. Right. It's just, I mean, people, please, if you've got this mindset, if you go across the border to Canada, it's still okay. It's okay. (laughs) Just so weird. Here's another one for you. Here's a quickie, just to give you an idea of the kind of people we're talking about at some of these police departments. So there are some good cops out there, but as long as cops like this are running around and the good cops are not arresting them or doing everything they can to Mm -hmm. put a stop to this behavior, then the good cops aren't good enough. Here's the story from Chicago, the Associated Press. And I'm sorry that we have to keep reading stories like this because I think this is at the least, at, at least the third story in as many years that was similar to this a paralyzed man Mm. paralyzed claimed in a lawsuit thursday that seven chicago police officers dragged him from a car and beat him unconscious when he was too slow to obey their order to get out of the vehicle Daniel Cesares claims the officers engaged in excessive use of force and battery. His federal lawsuit against the city and seven officers asks for unspecified damages. Cesares is a quadriplegic as a result of a car accident four years before the traffic stop, according to his attorney. The the, the police commissioner is so stupid on this. He should have gone to the guy and say, look... Here's my check. I've got the check. I've got the town checkbook right here. I've got the city checkbook. Yeah. Tell me what you want. In October of 2006, the seven officers stopped a car which, in which Cesares was riding in the passenger seat. The complaint says the officers asked him to get out, and when he didn't do so immediately, they dragged him out, and some or all of the officers allegedly kicked Cesares while he was on the ground. Cesares was convicted of battery and resisting arrest in the traffic stop. A quad quadriplegic man was convicted of battery against the cops. Was that because he touched them while they were beating him? One of his arms flailed up as they kicked it, as they kicked him in his midsection and happened to uh, bump the officer. I mean, what is a quadriplegic going to do? They convicted him of battery. <laughs> resisting this arrest shows you the scam that is out there. That is the legal system. If they convicted a quadriplegic of battery. Of resisting, too. On top of that, how can you resist as a quadriplegic? What do you, what do, you do? He can barely push his, move. Try, try, to, try to escape by using his tongue to push himself away. I mean, these people are ludicrous. He was convicted of this. A jury of your peers. These idiots, these morons that show up for, for uh, jury trials convicted him of this, apparently. 
I mean, I don't know what the specifics are, but I can tell you that whatever it is, that everybody involved is a complete and utter moron who doesn't even consider critical thinking a part of their daily life. Well, Ms. Uh, Ms. Hoyle, Jenny Hoyle, the spokesperson for the city law department, declined to comment because she. I hope she of dies. Of course, she, she hadn't declined. seen the complaint. I, I hope she catch. I hope she gets cancer. <laughs> God, awful it's woman. Sad. It's terrible. And it's not the only time it's happened. Please don't think for one moment that this is no, the only time. No, they, they, did it, they did it in, I think it was, uh, I don't want to, you know, besmirch any cities here, but I believe it was Boston. They pulled a, a teacher who had uh, epilepsy, was having a seizure out yeah. of his car. They busted in the passenger car, drug him out by his head, and kicked him to sleep there on was, the sidewalk because, an, while he was having a seizure. Yep, and then there was the other guy who was having a diabetic uh, attack, basically, where he was in, I forget what they call it, like some sort of diabetic shock. Yeah, or some one of those sort, things. Where, again, and, and by the way, these people, had pulled over safely to the side of the road. One man pulled into a 7-Eleven parking lot. Right. He was so acting they, strangely. I think he's on drugs. They knew it was coming on, so they were acting in a manner that was protecting the people around them from themselves, and the, the cops beat the hell. They beat the tar out of these people. Thugs. And, Thugs. And these, and, and I'm These told, are the men in blue. These are the heroes. Right. These are the guys that we pen medals on their chests and I'm, say, oh my God, thank God for these people. Yeah. And people tell me there's something wrong with the idea of withholding taxes? That there's something wrong for, for keeping the money that I earned and not handing it over to these goons? That's wrong? I don't want the blood on my hands. Oh, I'm a criminal then because I did that. I'm breaking the law. I'm a criminal. I'm a bad man. No, these are the bad men. These are the bad men and women, and they call themselves government. And it's there's no end to this. There's no end. I've got a whole list of corrupt cop stories, too. We can do those, but we've got other stuff to talk about and take your calls as well. Hey, you know what? They're, the government's looking out for us. The state of California is looking out for everyone's health. As they kick health. your head in. And, well, <laughs> beyond that, for everyone else, there's a new ban in California. We'll tell you what it is in moments. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we talk about the latest ban in California. Now, this actually wasn't an original idea on their part. Uh, New York City, I think, came first with this one. Yeah, that's my understanding, too. Trans fats banned in the state of California. California, a national trendsetter in all matters edible, became the first state to ban trans fat in restaurants when uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger signed a bill Friday to phase out their use over the next few years now i'm going to i'm going to change a word in the new york times article that i'm reading here okay every time i uh the word trans fat is used i'm going to substitute the word that we use in everyday life or used to use in everyday life to refer to trans fat okay i'm going to substitute the word margarine 
Okay, very okay. good. It, which is still available on store shelves. You just cannot get it. You cannot get right. it made in get, dishes. Yeah, you, in, in the land of the free, you can't, in your restaurant, use margarine when they sell it in the store. Mm-hmm. Because well, next, people Mark. claim that it's poison. Well, I'm sure they'll stop the stores from selling it next. It'll be the next At step. one point, margarine was good for you. It was better for you than butter because it was lower in... How much of uh, how much of uh, the uh, different Excuse ingredients me. will they be will they be banning next? I mean, this is this could be the first of many, right? I mean, sugar that's bad too, right? Uh, well, they'll call sugar something else. They'll call it uh, you know diabetes, uh, in, you know uh, insulin insulin producing producers or something like mm, that. They won't yeah. call it sugar. So anyway, under the new law, the margarine must be excised from restaurant products beginning in 2010 and from all retail baked goods. All retail baked goods by 2011. So we're talking Entenmann's here. Well, it, it, isn't that? I don't know what they use this stuff for, but does that mean retail like, means like a donut shop? Yeah. What about a loaf of bread, and sold in the grocery store? Oh boy. I'd say that's retail baked. I would say goods. so too. Yeah. I wonder about that. But they, you can go buy a big tub of margarine. Right. Yep, they and can put it on this, there. They can make this as wide cutting as they want to. Yeah. Packaged. Well, it says packaged manufactured foods will be exempt. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe okay, that means. Okay. So that does exempt. Uh, maybe. Entomans and but, wait, bread. Now, okay. Okay. Hold on a second. That means that the Entomans will be exempted. But the bakery foods may not be because so like they're Krispy not Kreme, the Krispy Kreme stores, the uh, don- Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. What if Dunkin' Donuts puts their donut in a box for me? Mm, but, it was made, but it wasn't it was made pre-packaged. On site. It yeah. says packaged manufactured goods. Now, no, I'm not not this isn't the law. Oh, it's not. Okay. The, this isn't. Well, it's not the, the law. It's the article. Uh, I don't know what the law says. They may just say that because it didn't come from a factory. I don't know what the specifics are. The fact is they're outlawing margarine in California, yeah. these freaking idiots. And they'll go after whoever they want to go after. New York City passed a regulation banning uh, margarine in 2006, which became fully effective in, on what in did ju- I tell July you 1st. About w- laws spreading. Yeah, well, that's absolutely. New law. If a new law pops up somewhere, the bureaucrats are watching like hawks. They want to find some more laws to introduce in your area. So and Philadelphia, Stanford, Connecticut, Montgomery County, Maryland. Wow. See, I didn't even know all that. No, all didn't. we heard about was the New York story. After that, it's no longer newsworthy, apparently, until it goes to a statewide. So first, New York City was the first to do it. Then all of these other areas. I'm sure there was a local story about it, but it didn't really break far enough for us to, to catch wind of it. So all of these other localities went and outlawed trans fat. We had no idea it even was We keep occurring. an eye out for these things I didn't know. This is the, what this has to do with is this sort of war on obesity mindset. That's there what are it is, a lot yeah. of people out there who feel they don't like fat people, and they should be healthy. We shouldn't have to look the at the fat them. children. They children be, are getting yeah, fatter they, these days, and we've got to do this stuff for well, the guess children. What we're wealthier than we've ever been. Well, it, 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 but the other thing about this ban on margarine is. The trans fat allows storage for longer um, in in food service. So therefore, it costs less. You don't have to replenish your uh, inventory, and you don't have to keep as good of an eye on it, and that kind of thing. And that's just that just translates to cost. Period. Um, so that cost, to some extent, translates to the retail price. Essentially, what these people are saying is that poor people shouldn't be able to eat out. You know, you shouldn't be able to buy cheap, fa- cheaper fast foods, and that kind of thing. When you're looking at um, we, we were well, looking Mark, at a it's story. not going to increase cost that much. Poor people will still be able to afford it. Uh, it's, it's these little tiny st- – it's these baby steps towards uh, tyranny that raise the price. A few, st- a few cents here and there. Is it's well, it's a few cents here and there makes for, for $10 bills. 
The fact is, they've got all kinds of rules that re- well, restaurants operate under. Well, we can just raise the minimum under. wage, and that'll solve that problem. Well, no, it won't. That's Mickey Mouse economics, and is all you're doing is um, introducing more money into yeah. the money supply but and screwing up prices. That won't stop doing it. <laughs> no, well, they're idiots. <laughs> right. Right. And well, the fact that, that it even co- comes out of their mouth are shows what idiots? kind of morons they are. Are they idiots or are they cold and calculating? Either way, we were reading a story I'd say about some are idiots and some are cold and calculating. <laughs> we were reading a story about South LA uh, last night. Banning new fast food restaurants. Trying to ban fast fast food they restaurants. They did, but apparently. they did. Oh wait, no, maybe the mayor. But the point was, sure. there are fewer grocery stores in South LA, and um, apparently it's a poorer section of town. Apparently, poorer people are eating more fast food, and this is going to make it difficult for them to do that. I- I'm sure. Sure, I've made the decision before. You know, I'll just stop off at McDonald's, get a couple of those double cheeseburgers that are mm-hmm. 99 cents, pay $2.16, because there's tax in New Hampshire on, um, you know, restaurants, but there's not on uh, regular stuff, you know, things you buy in the store. I decided, you know, $2.16 is a nice cheap meal. I'll do that instead. Okay. And I'll, uh, I'm sure that there's lots of poor people that made those same decisions. It was a nice, cheap, easy way to um, eat. And they're, they're starving poor people with these stupid laws. Poor people aren't starving in America. I mean, I don't. That's kind of a weak point, Mark. the The strongest point in my opinion. Money. The strongest point, in, in my opinion, is property rights. I mean, this is your business. It's your restaurant. You should be able to put whatever it is that you want in the food for your customers. As long as they're buying it, it's their choice to be there and purchase your products. And for this government bureaucrats to come in and say, "No, you can't use margarine anymore," well, then that's uh, the outrageous. point that I'm making. That poor people aren't starving in the United States. But the point that I'm making is they they did these inter- incremental steps with cars and people never said anything well they're making them safer and they're making them pollute less and now yeah. cars cost you know to some extent it's poor true. people can't afford cars it's true cars, and this cars is, cost thousands more because of government regulation thousands more and you know they're, they're keeping some poor people out of cars as a result of their stinking regulations and they're right. going to keep some people from being able to you know at least buy other things because they have to spend more money on food well, and you did make, a, I think, a real salient point when you pointed out that uh, you know using margarine does allow to lower costs, so therefore business owners that might be on the edge could be put out of business by this. I mean, if it's it ab- absolutely if, is true. If it's going to increase their food costs and they're barely paying the bills, then that could be enough to push them over the edge. You've got that cheap taco stand or whatever, uh, you know, the, the cheap bread stand, and you have to compete with. Uh, you, you, it's one of the ways that you compete is by keeping costs down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the ways they've just taken away from you to compete. The thing that makes me most angry at, about this is not the costs. It's if I want to eat trans fat and I want to eat unhealthy, that's my business. In the past six months, I've, in California, it's not. I've totally reevaluated my diet and I spent a lot of time researching nutrition and understanding exactly what I'm eating. And I really stopped eating almost everything I used to eat. And, and now, when I eat a greasy slice of pizza, I know exactly what I'm putting in my mouth, and most of the time I don't, but occasionally I want to. And what's what's wrong with that? Well, you're going to have to buy your own margarine in the store and Are there uh, any add it to your foods now. The bureaucrats in this story, Mark, at all? Do we get to hear I, I, their I, side? I, there, there's a few quotes. I always like to hear the bureaucrats' excuse for themselves. <laughs> Okay, um, I'll I'll jump in the story. I think the potential here is real for a far greater understanding of the harms of margarine. Remember, I'm changing the word trans fat to margarine. Said Dr. (laughs) Clyde Yancey, the incoming president of the American Heart Association. Mm. I hate these people. The American Heart Association, I won't give them money anymore. Will Buchanan at uh, the Walk for Liberty at walkforliberty.com recently did a commentary on a lot of these organizations, you know, the American Lung Association. He says, and I encourage more states to do the same. Of course no, they you will. Do. They will. Just give them time. 
so he pointed out that these organizations, the American fill in the you know or, organ organization, <laughs> uh, they are all out there using their donations to lobby governments for more and more controls over our lives. And you know, Will pointed out that while he's all in favor of good health, he's not in favor of forcing his neighbors to behave or or obey certain uh, strictures and diktats. And so he can't, in good conscience, contribute to these organizations. I, I agree. There's there's more to the story. 1-800-259-9231 is the uh, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want or comment on this. Again, this is your show. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's money that we take and reinvest into the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So that's the idea. You send that 3 bucks in, and we use it to get on more radio stations around the country. Just had a station call me out of the blue today and uh, want to take the show six nights a week. What made them want, What made them call, do you know? Did you sort of ask? I did ask, as a matter of fact, and he said he was, number one, just poking around the web and came across the show, but he also remembered seeing our ads in Talkers Magazine. So so the amplifiers can take full credit for full this credit. new station? They sure can. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to say where it is yet because they haven't come on board, but it's going to be in Virginia, which is cool. Cause so they haven't signed the paperwork? They, they have, have signed, signed the paperwork, but you know how it is. I don't like announcing things too much in I agree. Advance, I, 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 I like it when they're, you know, the, I like to announce it when they've signed the paperwork. As far as I'm concerned, they're on board. We've got to say, actually, it's definitely, like, this thing is totally amplifier because the amplifiers paid for the advertising that... That, that he uh, saw. That he remembered seeing, mm-hmm. and that's what the point of the ad is. It's not to get people to pick up the phone and call. It's just to get them to see, to see Free Talk Live. Well, probably the, same, the Google AdWords popped up, too. Maybe. Uh, is it to get them to see Free Talk Live sort of in the same category as the other big names out right. there? And the other big shows, a lot of them are running half-page ads. You know, It's, uh, it's branding advertising. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, I wish we could go on uh, monthly. Right now, we currently, we're, we're every other month. Yeah, I'm trying to build up uh, the account a little bit before we go out and, and, and take that next step, but we, we'll get there. Anyway, the point is it's already working, and that's great. So the other thing was this guy needed some satellite hardware, and that's another thing that AMP does is it actually allows us to buy hardware for these radio stations to, to bring them on board because it's you know times are tough, and they've all, you know, they're always tough at a radio station to where uh, you know, if budgets are tight, these guys, if they want to put our show on, but the boss isn't going to authorize, uh, you know, a brand new satellite receiver, it's hard to get, get in, in companies. It can be hard to get uh, requisitions for new stuff. So we don't get on. So that's why we've got these uh, got a couple satellite receivers sitting down there that the amps paid for. I just box it up, ship it out, and uh, we'll be on the air within a couple weeks, hopefully. So it's all because of the amplifiers. If you want to help us out with this and help bring new internet listeners on, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Dot com. All right, let's continue the story about margarine. Mark, it has been banned in the entire state of California yep. from all restaurant, uh, fast food, and restaurant establishments. I'm skipping forward a little in the article. It's rather long. These purveyors will have to keep the labels on their <laughs> cooking. Purveyors. Yes, purveyors of, of dangerous Dealers. margarine. Right. Um, we'll They're have criminals to, we'll now. We'll have to keep the labels on their cooking products so that they can be inspected for margarine. Oh, great. 
a process will become part of the duties of local health inspectors. So we'll need to hire more of them, obviously. Yeah. Violators, as though these guys are working hard anyway, eating eating out, getting free food, right, all these places. That, Staring that, at the ceiling. Yeah. Right. That way uh, we can catch all those evil restaurants, those criminals that have uh, got a tub of margarine back there margarine with a label on it. Black market yeah. margarine dealers. Yep. Violators will face fines beginning at $25 and increasing as high as 1000 for multiple violations. The bill will be written by Democratic Assemblyman Tony Mendoza, a fourth, a former fourth grade teacher from Southern California, who said he was inspired by the number of obese children he saw in school. Isn't that nice? They're, they're heavy, said Mendoza. They eat out a lot, and you realize there are trans fats out there. You don't want kids to start off on Matt the wrong margarine, foot. Margarine, you mean? Margarine. I'm sorry, a margarine out there. There's margarine. Margarine's <laughs> out there. It's dangerous. You know, and I don't see. I, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that margarine makes you any uh, more fat than uh, butter. Butter. I mean, <laughs> butter is terrible. It's really for about you. storage, and you know, body. Your body doesn't uh, process uh, margarine particularly well. This trans fat stuff that's in margarine. That's mm-hmm. true, but. At what point are you going to, where are you going to draw the line? There are, I mean... We, if you're I calling could, margarine poison? Sugar is not very good for you, especially in large quantities. They can yeah, they can uh, make a great case for sugar. High fructose corn syrup, which is a really, uh, a, a sugar, but First, it's a really bad kind of sugar for you. Yep. That's in almost everything. Every it's probably in your peanut butter. Uh, you know, uh, don't forget regular... You the know, primary reason is because of Saturated fat. Uh, unsaturated fats. There's all these things. You can make all kinds of uh, you know, unprocessed foods. All oh, these that things. That stuff's not very good for you, right? I mean, right. Raw milk's already illegal in a lot of places. Well, that that has more to do with uh, their strength. But raw milk's coming back. There's a huge raw milk underground out there in the United States. People are getting <laughs> yeah. this stuff. Fortunately, here in uh, New Hampshire, it's legal. Uh, but it's probably because it's more rural. Yeah. But in in the the state, the bigger, often bigger states, the uh, you know the big heavy milk, big milk has uh, gotten laws passed uh, in their favor. Yeah, we can't have those Amish people competing with big milk, you know. Yeah. Opposition to the move came largely from the state's restaurant association, which argued that singling out trans fats as a singular um, singular harmful food product was arbitrary and that a mandate would be expensive to implement. They're right. Yep. Further, the California but Restaurant Association... The, wait, the, the expense doesn't fall on the shoulders of the city bureaucrats, so they don't give a damn. Not, not them. It, it comes on the taxpayers and the restaurants. Right. California Restaurant Association asserted that such a ban for health reasons was the purview of the federal government, not the states, which oh. is crap how the hell would they um, these associations are so lame yeah i mean usually they come out with a statement or two it's a right of every american to eat margarine if they want to yep that's that's what the california restaurant association these namby pamby uh rubber bands spined yellow dogs said uh that you know for health reasons the purview of the federal government no it's the right of every american to eat margarine that would have been a much better quote. They wouldn't have ended up down here at the bottom. Well, we don't the, find these organizations we, we, are cowards. I mean, they're they're so wimpy. These uh, restaurant associations, they usually will come out with a statement against whatever the pr- proposed legislation is, and then once the legislation passes, they roll right over and they, you know, okay, well, we'll comply because we're good law-abiding citizens. We'll do whatever absurd, arbitrary things you ask us to do. Yeah. As long as you keep obeying these government bureaucrats, they will keep passing new laws to control your behavior and your business. That's just how it is yeah and you know it'd be interesting to see what would happen up here in new hampshire if something like this we're going to install here. we're going to continue to sell margarine in our stores we're going to install security guards at our doors and if you send in one of your stinking health inspectors we're going to throw him out on his ear that'd be awesome it'd be really brave and courageous and i don't know a single business owner who's got that kind of courage nope let's go to your phone calls talk to you about whatever you want pukes on we the done line with this? uh yeah we're doing okay that. it's enough i mean it's 
we're just now we're just waiting for the next hat to drop. What's the next thing they're going to? It says in? the only effect it's going to have on customers is that we're going to have to raise prices. Puke is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Puke. I was just looking to stick a margarine as you guys were talking. <laughs> <laughs> Does margarine come in sticks? I thought the butter came in sticks. Margarine came in tubs. I think oh, margarine no, comes in sticks, too. Yeah, okay. both. I, I, you can get both. Just like butter. Yep. Anyway, uh, I was okay. just uh, rummaging about the Internet, as I were. And uh, it turns out that the Sirius XM merger was approved today. Yeah, was it approved? I heard that it was close to being approved. It, was, get... it was approved today. So the... uh, Yeah, the, uh, it was earlier approved by the DOJ, the Department of Justice, and right. today it was approved by the FCC itself. Right, huh. and, um, well, you know, and and there there is a dark lining to the silver cloud. Oh, there's all kinds of provisions in there, right? Uh, well, the, yeah, the, the... Uh, Go ahead. There's, um, uh, let me see here, i got to read it. There's a three-year cap on the prices. Uh, they have to set aside a bunch of channels for minority and non-commercial programs. Right. So NPR actually right. is NPR get jumped a piece. in in the eleventh hour and said, "Whoa, whoa! There's nothing for the public domain." And by the public domain, they mean the stuff that we make. Yep. Um, their our product yep. isn't isn't available here for right. free. And, so and we we're should... national, and we we represent the public, right? As we're... though the rest of these radio shows don't. So they're going to use and hang on, Puke. I know you got more to say. We're going to bring you back. So the NPR, these public radio stations, are using the power of the FCC. To leverage a private business to provide them with bandwidth. Yep, <laughs> it's amazing. Now, interestingly, I mean, they already had a few NPR programs on some of their channels. That's because their programs are good. A lot right. of them are good. But now but they, they should 20... compete in the marketplace. I heard they wanted twenty-five percent. I don't know what they got. I don't know what all the details are. But we'll find out in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue to discuss the XM Sirius merger, which apparently was just approved within the last few hours in Puke in New Hampshire, is on the line with, uh, with the news and your thoughts on it. Puke, go ahead, sir. Uh, well, you know, there was... Uh it was sort of going along well. The DOJ approved it and everything, but I don't know. Uh, being skeptical as I am, I was just—I was kind of surprised that it actually went through, because you know, in this uh, day and age in America, everybody's always screaming about monopol- monopolies and whatnot, even if they don't really exist. So I think it's kind of a good thing. Uh, without the merger, uh, you know, one of them probably would have gone out of business anyway. I think XM was kind of going down the hole, hmm. and uh, I'm just interested to see uh, uh, how it will. Turn out because I am a serious subscriber, so uh, I sort of have a interest in what happens. But uh, you know, I mean, people saying that this is going to end up being a monopoly and the prices are going to skyrocket or some insane crap—it's you know, 
because satellite radio is the only way that you can get sounds <laughs> over the uh, radio waves or some crap. It's just ludicrous. To right, say that it's right. And, and, and to think that, you know, these companies, the, the two companies that are in satellite radio came of their own existence within about the last decade, maybe yeah. slightly longer than that. It's been about, I mean, yeah. was it a monopoly before that? I, I just don't, it's, it's such a new industry. They should not even be involved. They shouldn't be involved anyway. But. You know, so there's only one company. Are you saying that no other company can get into this? Are you saying it's that unprofitable? What's the big I, deal? Yeah, Most people that throw that. It's a good that. thing Marconi uh, didn't have the FCC around. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been allowed to invent the radio in the first place. Right. Probably true. He would have had a monopoly. Most people that throw uh, the word monopoly around don't even really understand it. Nope. Nope, they sure don't. It sounds nice. And that includes the uh, National Association of Broadcasters, whose uh, quotes about this proposed merger has been, have just been asinine from day number one, suggesting that this would be in some way a monopoly. And as you pointed out, there are only, uh, I mean, th- there are only so much that they can raise these prices. The XM and Sirius people are competing against media that costs zero to the consumer. Their competition right. is, you know, radio stations right. and podcasts. And this is the National Association of Broadcasters. I mean, how lame is their position? Our media that uh, is free shouldn't have to compete against their paid media? Right. You know, I have, I have Internet, and uh, thanks to uh, broadband Internet connections, you can get streaming radio uh, you know, thousands and thousands of different channels of whatever you want to listen to, yep. but I still pay for it. You know, I mean, I guess I'm just kind of crazy like that. So, so but they like, can well, only it's, raise it's a convenient rates. system for pay, for for delivery. But it's, they it's would, convenient. But they can only right. raise their prices so much. You're probably only paying like twelve bucks a month. If they started charging twenty five, right. you'd probably reconsider. Right. If it goes up too high, then I'll say, well, okay, it's not worth it. You know, I still yep. have an MP3 player. I can just use that. So. So uh, raising prices just would just be them cool signing their own death warrant. I mean, it's absurd. All of these anti-XM uh, serious arguments are absurd. I'm not a subscriber just because I, you know, I have no use for it. I like local, you know, I like the radio. I'm kind of old-fashioned in that way, I guess. And and uh, I don't have a use for it either. But if I, I was I a tr- on the internet, if so. I was a cross-country trucker or somebody that uh, drove different locations for a living, you know, from point A to point B, where uh, you're not really. listening to the same station, then that could really come in handy. Yeah, it's it's uh, you always hear truckers calling uh, any of the shows that they have where you can call in. It's always truckers, every yep. single one. If you do a lot uh, of driving, so, yeah. if, for instance, uh, tr- truckers are a good example. But some guys that do regional sales that uh, will travel, you know, several counties. In this case, um, in you know, in here it's the tri-state area. The you know the back end, you know, the back end of uh, Massachusetts, lower part of Vermont, mm-hmm. uh, lower part of New Hampshire. Um, you know, guys will do you know that kind of driving, sales guys, and you know people that serve beer trucks, that kind of thing. So those guys love it too. You can keep this, you can listen to the same program, and that's really valuable. I know when I drive from uh, Keene to Manchester to go to the airport or some other reason that I um, travel out of the uh, beautiful Monadnock region here. Uh, I, I don't like that I'm losing stations and I have to jump around the dial and I I was listening yeah, to NPR and now I can't and the story I was listening to is gone and you know I don't want that. Yeah. Puke, any other uh, com- one last thing I want to say yeah. about this though is in the story I got it says that uh, both companies actually had to pay uh, just under twenty million dollars in some nebulous penalties for past FCC violations. I wish they would have uh, you know kind of told us what the hell that was, because that makes me curious. You know, what did the FCC uh, say that they did that they now demanded all this? 
to answer your question, I'm looking at the Radio Inc. article that came out today about this, RadioInc.com, one of the industry uh, publications. It says that Exum and Sirius expected to agree to pay $19 million in combined treasury contributions to settle outstanding enforcement issues involved in terrestrial repeaters. So essentially they you know, didn't cross all their T's and dot all their I's with right. their uh, like terrestrial repeaters. Contributions, yeah, right. <laughs> Right, yeah, I love that. It's a contribution to the treasury, not a not a penalty or a fine or a tax. It's a contribution. Yeah. It's amazing. And then there's more detail here. Puke, thanks for the call, dude. Uh, here's a little bit more information for you. The story here says uh, that since the merger's proposal, and particularly since the Department of Justice granted its unconditional approval, many parties have weighed in on the deal, with members of both the House and Senate, public interest groups, and a number of state attorneys uh, genital urging neither denial or heavy conditions excuse me, either denial or heavy conditions on a merged XM series. Clear Channel, while opposing the merger, also stepped up with its own slate of conditions. Among the proposals, the divestiture of up to 50% of XM and Sirius' spectrum for a competing service, much larger set-asides of spectrum from non-commercial and minority programming that were ult- then were ultimately agreed to, and a requirement that HD radio be a part of all new satellite receivers. The merger approval represents a defeat for the National Association. So do you hear that? They were forced to put their competitor in the devices that they create. Well, I don't know if that was accepted. It's, it's not clear. It just says those were proposed. So it is not clear. They're forced to give away almost uh, you know, a, a percentage of their channels to NPR. That's probably, that's probably going to happen. Oh, that's going to happen, I'm sure. They, they're, you know, they're proposing that they uh, have to put in uh, a device so that their competitor can uh, – so that people can receive their competitor on, the device that, on their proprietary device. This is all disgusting. And here's what the NAB had to say. that NAB is the National Association of Broadcasters, which fiercely lobbied against allowing XM and Sirius to, con- to combine, repeatedly calling the deal a merger to monopoly, and questioning the Satcaster's trustworthiness in light of past FCC violations. So what they're saying there is, hey, they didn't uh, cross all their T's on their, uh, their uh, translators on the ground, and so we shouldn't trust them because they could be bad guys because we're uh, in the radio business, we're always on top top of things over here we're always making sure everything's fcc compliant we are just johnny on the spot but those satellite guys man they're shifty that's what the nab is essentially saying here you gotta look out they're they're not trustworthy because they violated the fcc's rules the EVP of the NAB, Dennis Wharton, uh, wrote a blistering response to reports that the merger was nearly a done deal and said the fight may not be over. Given the overwhelming opposition to the merger, he said we're not convinced the final chapter of this book has been written. Well, I don't know what he plans on doing now at this point. Are are they going to force it to break up later on down the line? The NAB is, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they are they're done for in this particular fight. You got nothing now. Yeah. It's over. So here's what you need to do, those of you who are in radio and you're concerned about satellite. Number one, remember, satellite isn't competition to you, really. It's really not, for the most part. They can't do local like you can do local. Radio stations can do local like unlike anyone else can. They've got a built-in audience, they've got receivers all over the place, and they've got the local talent to do it. These uh, satellite companies can do national programming, but that's about it. They might be able to target a few traffic reports to a few major markets, but that's about as uh, customizable as, as it can get. So radio's in a completely different category, and I don't really know what they're so scared of when it comes to these satellite broadcasters. You've got the best price 
All you need to do is get your programming straight. That's what radio stations need to do is just learn how to program so people listen. And, of course, the 40-plus radio stations that have put Free Talk Live on the air, they've got a clue. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. We've got a lady on the line. April is coming up, and your calls about whatever you want in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe enough time for your call. If you make it now, that's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download for free. Front page of the site. We give you an entire year's worth of the show on us. FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to your calls about what you want. April is on the line listening to KGEZ in Montana. Hello, April. Hey. Hey. Um, I've been wanting to tell you guys about this for a while. Um, Before the end of school, I got a call. My kids are in high school. I got a call from the school nurse that said that they needed one more polio shot. And in the past, I have immunized my children before I became aware that there are maybe some things in the shots that aren't so good, and I've started doing some research on it, and since I did the research, I decided that I'm not going to immunize my kids anymore, mm-hmm. and I you. feel that I've been lucky that basically, uh, you know, that that we haven't had any ill effects from it. Well, anyway, so I told the nurse when she called, I said, well, we just don't immunize anymore. We choose not to. And she said, okay, well, you can come in here and sign. I'll mail you this affidavit that you can sign. She said, but I'm warning you that there are no individual exemptions anymore. You can only have an exemption for religious purposes. So they send me this paper, and basically I had to, and I had to get it notarized. And basically I had to perjure myself and say that it was only for religious reasons that I chose not to um, not to immunize my child. And see, mm-hmm. that's really funny to me because I'm an atheist. Right. So, you, you can't be a conscientious objector. Uh, you, you have to lie, essentially, and say that it's for religious reasons. Right. And everybody that knows me, and it's like there's like tons of documentation. Every time I've ever been in the hospital that I've put down that I'm an atheist. They, so, like, really, I guess if they really want, and it says that there's like a $500 fine and six months in jail <laughs> if you get caught basically lying that you're not using it's not religious reasons mm-hmm. that's all it all says this on this paper and so i went ahead and signed it anyway and perjured myself and i figured what the heck but i just thought that that was really weird yeah it's it's a shame and you know the the the, the debate rages on um i i can tell you every time i come on the air and say that i have not immunized my child some uh you know concerned little oh, no. concerned person says oh my goodness i i don't think you've thought this through and you know, it's 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 ludicrous um that that person yeah, maybe they ha- they aren't using mercury and the, uh, the the vaccines anymore, but that doesn't mean they're not sitting around on shelves. Who can prove that? And uh, also, you know, there's there's a bunch of aluminum in these things. They, right. th- th- there's well, the, the thing that yeah, the thing that convinced me was when my all three of my children and uh, um, both of my nieces, who had all been immunized in different hospital and different doctors' offices, even in different counties, 
all got whooping cough at the same time, and they got it really bad. And my kids, I thought my kids were going to die of whooping cough, and they had had all their whooping cough immunizations. Hmm. And so it, it convinced me that that whooping cough shot is worthless. And I think that a lot of the things that they're giving us, giving the kids shots for, like for instance, just like like mumps and and measles and things like um, the the chicken pox. I mean, they're they're things that we can. We're, with modern technology and modern medicine, it's easy to survive them. Yeah, and sanitation went a long way with uh, you know these uh, a lot of these diseases. That they're uh, you know saying could wipe us out. You've got to get your kids immunized. And the fact is, any medication that uh, you're giving is going to have a certain rate of attrition. By attrition, I mean it's going to kill yeah. children and it, or make it, them sick. It shouldn't be the government. Um, you know, and I, all the people that want to send me some you know email being how concerned they are that Jack. <laughs> gonna die of 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 dengue fever or whatever um and you know if if these immunizations actually do work then what's the problem everybody else is immunized but if the government gets involved the government is mandating that a certain amount of children die and that's just the wrong place that it is the wrong place um they're not a good place for them in the sense that i have to pay for these government schools if these government schools have these rules i you're what you're doing is you're making me pay to kill children i want to know why religious people get a pass like why is it that you don't have to immunize or it's okay if you don't immunize if you're religious why does that matter well yeah i mean see that's what bothered me was because of the fact so somebody i mean i'm not i don't want to diss any religious people but i'm an atheist and i'm a proud atheist and it's like i find you know this whole pie in the sky thing ridiculous and it's like I could give the teacher or the or the nurse or whatever, I could give the administration scientific reasons why I don't want to immunize my kid and statistics, but somebody who wants to use God or right. some wow. in the sky, you know, they can use that as their reason, and yep. I can't use my science as a reason. Right. You, it's I all mean, arbitrary. You, you can't walk... <laughs> they can walk in and say that the Easter Bunny told them in a dream not to immunize <laughs> their kid. But if you came in there with, uh, you know, papers, yeah. uh, you know, facts and figures, they may be wrong, they may be right, I don't no, I don't. I, you know, the the jury, as far as I'm concerned, is still out on whether or not. Um, doesn't matter if she's totally wrong. Right. It doesn't decision. matter. But if she's reasoning it through, it, it, then then that doesn't work. April, good call well, tonight. I, Thank you for making it. Appreciate you bringing that issue up because I know it's pretty controversial. A lot of people are concerned with it. Yeah, I wish they hadn't brought it up because I'm going to get more emails. Oh my God, you oh, haven't immunized your child? <laughs> you, you know, all these very concerned people. No, I haven't exposed my child to something that could kill them. I haven't. How did we ever get through, uh, you know, the last several decades when the immunizations were much, much fewer than they are today? I mean, there was only a handful of them when I was a kid, and I'm sure there were less than that when you were growing up, Mark. I mean, I got kicked out of high school for a while for not getting immunized. But how in the world did we all survive so long? Maybe it's because we don't have big epidemics and problems with these uh, the things they're immunizing people from. It's maybe it's mostly. Com- Unnecessary. The, 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 what, I, what my belief is is that uh, there, there are people out there that worship science like the religious people worship uh, their gods. And I'm sorry, scientists aren't, are not infallible. The things that they're saying are not necessarily true. They are saying falsehoods. And, uh, you know, to, to, to revel in the idea that the government is uh, passing laws that are on the side of science over... Hey, doctors are in business, religious too. Religious people? You know? Yeah. 
And so are the, uh, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies that yep. make these uh, vaccines. Yep. Gee, I wonder if the scientist who's working for the pharmaceutical company who says that all our science is, is top-notch and that our, our vaccines are completely safe. Conflict of interest? Yeah. I mean, why, why would you believe that? Would you believe a car salesman that says that his car, uh, right. you know, how awesome would that gets be? awesome gas mileage I mean, or whatever? Wouldn't it be great if car, you know, the car vendors out there, uh, Ford or whatever, GM's having a tough time, right? Wouldn't it be great if GM could get a law passed that required all parents to buy their kids a GM car for their first car? Mm. I mean, that's essentially what's going on here, right? It's the these particular industries have managed to get legislation in, that mandates that everyone take their product. <laughs> or, or that everyone in America had to own a car. I think that that would probably be um, the most accurate thing. Everyone in America has to own a car. GM knows they're going to get a piece of that pie. I guess there may be different companies that make the vaccines. That's probably the case, though. There may be some that are patented still, so who knows? Yeah, but there's no competing vaccines I, that I know of. Maybe there is out there, but I, I don't think there are two vaccines for polio. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, then in that case, there would be only one company making it or multiple companies making it. One the, company making, say, the polio vaccine. I don't know everything so they, about they this stuff. they are getting an exclusive. They're then. getting exclusive on that particular vaccine. However, the, any, and company, everyone has to get any it. company can come up with the next vaccine for the next, uh, you know, terrible sure, thing. Sure, but that's great the, business. The, the most recent one is the uh, human Guaranteed. papilloma virus, HPV, um, that they're trying to give uh, all, the ki- all the girls in uh, Texas public schools. Right. Let's go to your calls. Matt, it's uh, Matt in Illinois on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, dude. Hey, uh, Julia. Hello. Uh, I don't think there's enough time for me to talk about what I was going to talk about, so I'll just say... Um, Give us the 60-second version. Just slip it in. Oh, there is no 60-second version, because <laughs> this, this goes into it. But um, I'll just say that I had the measles, uh, I had the mumps, I had the chicken pox. Um, I don't think I got immunized for anything when I was a kid. Amazing. You're still around. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't die. But but Matt, we have to prevent our children from just getting sick. We don't want them to experience what it's like to be sick. Yeah, um, it's pretty terrible when you're a little kid and you're sick. That's true. Right, we should protect (laughs) them from that. And if you aren't willing to protect your children from getting sick, then that's neglect. And we're going to send you to a prison cell, take your children from you, and put them in the hands of some obedient people who will do as the state demands. And How you know, dare you? If they end up autistic. Nobody has to. Nobody. Uh, nobody accounts for that. There's. There's no accounting for that. If they now, you get, like, now, Matt, now you've guaranteed that I'm going to get a rain of emails because <laughs> you said the autism word. Um, supposedly, the science says that the new uh, vaccines do not cause autism. I don't know if they cause autism or not. I don't know. But what I can tell you is that uh, they do kill people. And how can you tell? They're new. They <laughs> it's true. Time. Good point. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. Be sure you join us then. And in the meantime, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. 
finalized the contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.